Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com, and for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. You can also buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at redbubble.com and just type Lorehammer in the search bar. You can also help out the show without spending any money by simply giving us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page, and feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Welcome to Lorehammer, episode 33, Ordo Xenos and the Death Watch. Hello and welcome back to Warhammer. My name is Eric. How do you work one of these things? It's a laptop, Mark. It's not rocket science. Well, I know it's computer science. How? That's Mark, everyone. How do you scroll? <laughs> You'll figure it out, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, we've got Jordan with us. How's it going? As always, mm-hmm. our silent watcher. Mm-hmm. The Keep- lurker. Keeper of secrets. I'm a uh, night watchman. <laughs> okay. What does that job entail? Are you watching us at night, Jordan? That's what I'm getting. Someone has to make sure you're safe and away from technologies. (laughs) Uh, And joining us again is Colin. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been, what, five episodes, I think. I I have no idea. I I wasn't even here last time you were on. No, you weren't. It was James and I. So this will be a brand new dynamic for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, How many fits, 10 per tantrums are you going to throw? To adjust to this new... I'm going to do three before our 40th minute. That's what Uh, I'm thinking. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Start the clock. Exactly. No, I'm watching the timer. Don't (laughs) worry. Um, But today we are talking about the Inquisition. Again. Uh Always. Mark, tell us, spill us your deepest and darkest secrets, or else we will find them out with many proddings of firebrands. Look, either you can... When I was really young. Either you confess now, or we'll get a confession. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what happened when you were young i don't know where did i do have something to share that was deeply traumatizing you know where did they i don't want to know i no, just don't want to no. know jordan you will know okay <laughs> so right. here's my traumatizing situation <laughs> that happened to me today today uh, today it affected him deeply deeply, deeply like honestly super Physically? deep um it it came to my mind because they're talking about my deep dark secrets uh-huh. and i am married no one's met my wife no one knows her people always joke she doesn't allegedly exist. married yeah You're allegedly yeah i fled to cuba to get married right. are all those picture frames the same person <laughs> from uh, the value village why like a stock photo with you put in there mark <laughs> so on the weekend i was doing some electrical work i got poked in the eye by like a, an electrical wire so i was like, kind of squinting i was wearing an eye patch for fun being a pirate and whatnot trying to get sympathy from the wife like like mm, i can't move get me get me food and she was not having none of it even though my eye was pretty fucked up actually <laughs> but so i get home today and my one cat he's squinting his eye and his eyes all red like something happened we don't know but the amount of concern she had for the cat was hurtful because i'm like cassie like buddy or leo uh leo or yeah buddy leo the white one leo the potato the king. demon cat the potato king huh but yeah she was like oh were you okay petting him comforting him i'm like cassie like this week i really hurt my eye <laughs> and, and you, you didn't pet me Cassie. you had no concern She's you like, don't well, give a rip <laughs> 
So I am concerned that it got the same injury though, because it's kind of like a familiar, you know. No, you totally. one thing. So if we How torture do, the cat, do you feel pain? Exactly, it's possible. It's the cat accepted it, the injury, so Mark would be free of the burden. It's entirely oh. possible. Oh, so yeah, I think I think your cat is just an empath. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so all I know is my deep dark secret is yes, I have a wife, and but yeah, no, she, she does not care about me. She cares more about oh. the cat than me. There you go, Inquisition, and, and Inquisitor that, Eric. That cat doesn't even care about her. No. Like, she only married you for your money, Mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for your big Warhammer mistake. money? Big, big well, it's mistake. all blown on Warhammer, so <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, do, you show one bank statement, you get married, and then it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, you thought that was disposable. Oh, no, 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 no. That no, was no, no. specifically Warhammer budget. <laughs> yes. All right. Now that we're all frisky, mm. I've told you my story of the day. It's a good one. Mm. Do you? Uh, do you have one? A uh, deep, dark secret? A deep, dark secret? I have many deep secrets. Mm. Most of them dark. Some of them deep. on like a n- neutral color palette. Okay. So it, Getting very racist vibes from your deep, dark secret. <laughs> it's, not a, Eric, it's not about the color of your skin. Uh, that's, well, it's I'm about not the color, comfortable It's right about now. the color you say your skin is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're saying that you wouldn't date a white person who thinks she's, she's black. Or he. I don't know what you're into, but hey, I identify I'm as a, a ginger. Okay, I'm a fan of Wissywig. <laughs> what you see is what you what get. What you see <laughs> is what you get. Hey, man, it's back on Warhammer. Here we go. We're in it. That's the worst you. word ever. <laughs> Wissywig. Wissywig. It's a real thing. It's on the tournament real. scene for sure. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, Warhammer, I guess, and the Inquisition. Yes. Episode thirty-three. The Ordo Xenos and its branch, the Death Watch. I see, Colin, that you have hijacked our notes. No, 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 no. Honestly, not a hijack. We wrote notes, and then Colin was like, hey, guys, I added some notes, and I went and read it, and I was like, huh, that's as many as we put in. They're, <laughs> they're color coded, they're properly yeah. punctuated, it's legible. Right, obviously. All things are notes or not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take it away, Colin. Okay, so here's <laughs> the deal this is episode 33. But did you guys know that episode 33 has significance for aliens and occultists? Kind of important when we're talking about the Inquisition and Ordo Xenos, right? All right. Okay, so in the spiritual num- numerology, 33 symbolizes the highest spiritual consciousness that you can get as a hu- human being. Uh, that actually is also the, the age of a certain carpenter from Nazareth when he died. Kind of spooky, right? You start to get into the occult. You're thinking, you know. All right, now I'm nervous. Okay, well, you don't have to be. It's okay because uh, there's some other you know correlations here. Harry Truman, who, who was a uh, Scottish Rite Freemason, 33rd degree. <laughs> he became the 33rd president of the United States. <laughs> and at the end of the hostilities with Germany, 1945, Operation Paperclip, they brought the Nazi scientists over. They put them in White Sands V2 <laughs> launch site, also known Complex 33. And go visit, by the way. It's a historical uh, landmark. So here we go. Rockets. Okay. What are rockets? Rockets are also propulsion for aliens. Still with me? Here we go. Roswell, New Mexico. Most significant alien sighting on Earth. Where did it happen? You guessed it. 33rd parallel. That's right. You know what else happened at the 33rd parallel? Disneyland, where Xenos tech may or may not be used to keep Walt Disney's head frozen in a jar near Disney's mysterious VIP bar called Club 33. Located at 33 Royal Street in New Orleans Square, where it's the only 
only place you could order a stiff drink in the park and was named after the 33 <laughs> corporate sponsors in Disneyland whose founders and CEOs were immigrants to America immigrants. and disparagingly called, you guessed it, aliens. So aliens are awesome. This episode is awesome. And you listeners, you are in for an awesome time as we talk about the Inquisition, awesome aliens, and welcome to the next hour and a bit. Let's do this. Couple quick questions there. Mm. First one, not familiar. How high is 33 exactly? When it comes to the 33 degree of being a Freemason. That's no, no, no. Just know. as a number, like how high it's is It's higher it? than 30 and less than 40. Let's move on. Well, 33 like, is... How a- many above 10? At least Which 10. 23 above It's 10. at least 10 above 10. That's well, it's also of, one of the holy of numbers fingers. because 33, fingers. 11, and 22 are all symbolic in numerology. <laughs> and why is there this... Who are these guys from the Inquisition here for me, guys? <laughs> so, uh, did you want to know an interesting fact about our podcast, Colin? Tell me more. This is technically our 34, 38th episode. Okay, so do you want to know about 38? <laughs> he came prepared. Yes. All of a sudden on our notes page, it's like, bloop. Yeah, it just shows up. So did hmm. you have this knowledge in your head? What the hell, man? Isn't it just common knowledge, Why? I guess? Common made-up knowledge? Like, do you have, like, 42 prepared as well? I actually have a piece of my brain um, was you know, <laughs> cogitator, you know, adeptus mechanicus. I actually have a piece of my brain right now subpartitioned yes. to, uh, you know, be calculating some additional facts. So ah. I would love to learn some facts from you guys, though, about the Inquisition. Honestly, though, I'm serious. So this was all just knowledge in your brain. Like, yes. you didn't have to search any of this. <laughs> I'm an idiot savant. <laughs> Did you like my horseshoe? Uh, savant, idiot, graph. If you got a horseshoe, idiots are at one end of the horseshoe, savants are at the other one, average people at the top in the middle. So idiots and savants are closer to each other than they are to uh, average people. For the listener who can't understand what's happening with his hand gestures, he's just making a horseshoe <laughs> shape over and over, and the three other of us around the table are just giving <laughs> idiots him Idiots and savants are right here. They're right <laughs> next to each other. We're average people up here, and they have nothing. An idiot and a savant have more in common with each other than the average well, person. Well, no, like an idiot savant and a savant are two different things. He's oh, no, no. I know an oh. idiot savant is like a an idiot who is like really yeah, an you, idiot savant you, is an idiot who's really good in one yeah, thing. You sacrifice yeah. some sort of like social aspect of yourself in order to now. Now we know everything. Yeah. there is to know about everything. <laughs> that blows my mind. I honestly thought you did research on that. You were like, hmm, 33, what could I find? But that's phenomenal. <laughs> Thank First you. of all. Don't Thank encourage you. him. Aliens, Roswell, 33, <laughs> let's do this. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, but yes, we are talking about aliens today. This episode is all about the Inquisition and how humanity de- deals with aliens. Unfortunately, the humanity does not view aliens as awesome as you seem to, Colin, mm. which is unfortunate. It is, it is. Uh, for aliens, but good for humanity. Y- well, the only good alien is, is a, a dead alien. Of course. Oh, not, a, a, not a hot alien, not a hot Tau alien. No, Mark, that's not. Oh. Get out of that <laughs> R34. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, before we really dive into our episode, though, we do want to say thank you to our newest Patreon subscriber, Graham. Thank you so much for your contribution. What you do um, allows us to do what we do which is make shitty podcasts mm. and it's the shittiest of go it's not good Never but in once a sense we are the best at being the at shittiest at being the worst yes yeah is, so it's okay if you're going to be the best at something like might as no if you're going to do something might as well be the best at it whether you're the best best or the best worst hmm. being the best middle is is nothing Can push you the worst best 
Can, Jordan asks, can you be the worst best? Can, no, you cannot. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the worst best is just probably, that's probably the middle. Yeah. Because you're the worst at being the best. Like, you can't be the best worst, or you can't be the you're best. You're like the best. worst and the, or the best. You're the, you're the worst of the top tier. Right. And so nobody's going to remember you. Bronze. Yeah. That's a bronze medal right there. Yeah. Oof. The worst best. Oof. And fourth. Bronze and fourth. <laughs> Nobody even remembers who came in bronze or fourth. Uh, we, did, um, we did it. Unraveling <laughs> the mysteries of the universe. We, we got are. 33 down. We got idiot savants down. We yeah. got... I zoned out when you guys were talking about the next one, but we got that down. You know, the number four has a lot of significance <laughs> in Chinese mythology. That, that can't even be a real number. Now you're just making up numbers, mm. Colin. All right. Let's move Who on. Who has that many fingers, honestly? <laughs> Aliens? <laughs> Probably. Tao. Tao, Tao have four fingers, right? Um, all right. I got a little retcon here. Oh. So on Reddit every now and again, I peruse and people are like, oh, what's a good lore hammer or a, a lore podcast? So give them my spiel or whatever. And uh, the one guy messaged us, and he's like, um, you mean Lore thinks Cormagrat is a craft world hammer? As in, like, Lore quotation. Sure, sure. Inserts a deflammatory comment hammer. Or <laughs> were, did someone hurt your feelings? No, no, no. I'm, Mark, I'm just, come here. No, God. Poor little oh, my God. Oh, do we have a hater? No, no, I don't think he was no, a hater. He just called us out on no, something I, he did wrong. Well, oh. Yeah, and I, I think... Uh, we, like when I was talking to him, it was just like, oh yeah, like we probably just like offhandedly mentioned that there was like craft worlds that have become a part of Cormaga. But like it, it's a city unto itself. It's this whole realm. It's a whole weird thing. And uh, I think the other thing we mentioned was uh, that the Eldar have like translucent skin. The Dark Elder do. But that was just like back in the day. But like current 40K, they don't have like translucent skin. It was just like at one point of time... Um, the other thing he mentioned was we well, don't said... Don't they have dark skin? Well, I think that actually comes from uh, the the early influences of uh, the old uh, novel, The Time Machine, right? Like, all those races that live deep underground or in dark spaces, they gain very pale or even translucent skin because yeah. they don't have any pigmentation. Um, but again, we know that that's not current in, you know, 20... Well, yeah, 20, and I never went back and listened to the episode. Come on, it's 2018. I, I never went back and listened then. to the episode to remember exactly what we said. But I'm sure we were just, like, rambling and saying, like, cool things that about them and not... I don't know. All I'm saying is this was... is Maybe go back and if you listen to it, just remember that we don't think that uh, Cormagraw is a craft world. The other thing was... I guess we said was that the pleasure cults in Cormagras are still around, but they stopped. Like, they're they're not a thing anymore. So that's really all. They're not. No. Shoot. But, Canceling uh, my trip to Cormagras. Yeah. You know? yeah. But uh, that's all. Like, if if we do say say things that is not oh, entirely, Lord, you better believe we don't know what we're talking about. Well, that that's the thing. Like, uh, the episode wasn't on Cormagras, so like we did a brief little glance, like enough to have a quick little note about yeah. it and that was all well, but like fans of the drukari and the dark eldar whatever you want to call them i'm sure you guys will be looking forward to an episode oh yeah all about the dark city yeah oh, exactly yeah like we it's it's big enough to have an episode all to itself which we will do proper research but uh yeah or so not. or not whatever but it, if we do say things let us know when we're at it we'll include it into our episode and make sure that we're uh 100 without flaw <laughs> like my mother intended Okay, first of all, that's not even remotely <laughs> close to truth. <laughs> okay, there we go. Let's start the episode. Well, let's start. Let's done. Let's jump right into the Ordo Xenos. Part three of our Inquisition episode. Yes, Ordo Xenos, the second of the Ordo Majoris that we will be touching on. This 
The purpose of the Ordo Xenos is to protect the Imperium and her citizens from the threat without being any Xenos or alien species or technology or ideas that <laughs> might try and infest your mind with their hideous... Picking up some tones again from I, you. I just don't want to learn other cultures. <laughs> Picking up some very hard tones. <laughs> They're stealing our jobs. <laughs> they took a germ. So uh, how, how does the Inquisition and the Ordo Xenos protect us? Well, they are dedicated to countering, containing, spying, exterminating, destroying, wrecking, and butt-fucking alien speed. I didn't write that, did I? <laughs> did I write that? No, I did. Okay. And I was curious if you would read it. Okay. Uh, alien species of the galaxy. They are responsible for our protection. They keep Xenos away from us. They find humans that are consorting with aliens and quickly put an end to their heresies. Um, you know what else they do, though? What else do they do? They also make trades with Xenos. And they sometimes even work beside the Probably Xenos. Probably none sanctioned. No, yeah, absolutely. It's just like a radical. Yeah, depends on the Inquisitor. Yeah, like there, you'll see more with rogue the, traders, of course. Yeah, but. official stand of the Imperium is that mm -hmm. every single Xenos is Xenos Horrificus. Yes, and there is no Xenos that deserves to live with us. There are some who are tolerated, like the Jokero. But again, still mm -hmm. technically, yes, where it's yeah. advantageous for the right. uh, for the Inquisition. But I think there's a good reason to consider them horrificus. You know, you've got gene stealers, which they arrive on a planet that is terrifying. Oh, absolutely. The idea that they will circumvent, find their way into the the bowels of the city and start to multiply bowels. and take over our our genetic material. It's yeah. it's horrifying. They're gonna put a little ovipositor in you, mm -hmm. lay an egg, now and you don't even realize it's feel. happening. Now we know how women feel. Now, that's not, now that's we not, know. That's not no, how any how of your relationships should happen. No. I deposit my egg. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> what a twist! So, where where did the Ordo Xenos come from? Oh, well, it actually came about in the War of the Beast, which was M thirty two. It was the largest wog to ever exist. Uh, so large, even that it got right to the doorstep of Terra itself. There was even an orc attack moon within Terra's, um, what do you call it? Orbit? Yep, that's mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for. Like the gum? Yep, that's the they, one. They've mm. got an orc attack moon in only Terra's ah. gums. <laughs> no, uh, so, like, that's crazy close. Yeah. Um, something I would like to point out to our friend from the Adeptus Mechanicus mm -hmm. is that the Adeptus Mechanicus refused to help in that ah, moment. You've got ah. it. You've got this. Terra, mm, come on. Boo. Yeah. Refused. To help. So, first of all, wow, rude. What? Now we know why their loyalties lie. Yeah, exactly. Not with not with the Emperor. Not with the Omnissiah, clearly. Well, with the Omnissiah. <laughs> um, but this, uh, it was founded during the War of the Beasts, and the way the War of the Beasts ended is just all the Primorchs are, you know, eventually disappeared, were killed off, probably. Yeah, and they, were, just, they were most likely killed. I don't yeah. think they got a couple confirmed kills. But they think they killed them the all. The wog just lost steam. It's one of those things where it just has to keep building upon itself or else it'll die. Which is what happened to this one. And that's how it ended. There's actually um, a lot that has to do with um, two Inquisitors. Um, one is Veritas and one is Wynand. And they were very instrumental in the creation of the Ordo Xenos. So Veritas is actually... Um, 
the de facto leader of the Inquisition at this point. Yeah. But more of like a secretive leader. No one really knows. Well, all the Inquisition is secretive. Right, exactly. So, uh, Wynand was an inquisitorial representative, so... He's on the seat of the High Lords of Terra. I always thought it was a girl for some reason. It doesn't matter. This Wynand in- might be a girl. Yeah. I don't know. I seem to remember seeing she... Anyway, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she's sitting... So she is an inquisitorial representative. She's on the High Lords of Terra, mm-hmm. and she believed that this was it. You know, like, you know, the war is over, it's all done, and Inquisitor Veritas actually goes to Wynand and, and tries to remove Wynand from her post and even attempts to kill her. I think you're confusing Inquisitors. I am not. Are you sure? Yeah, so Veritas actually tries to do it the correct way. He tries to do it through the uh, regular, you know, put them on trial and kill Wynand. Doesn't work. Not enough people believe her. So then he tries to assassinate her. That still doesn't take at all. And then later, they come to an agreement where Wynan sees the light. For the You're lucky I don't have internet access. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're wrong. What do you think I'm talking about? There's another Inquisitor, and there's a couple rogue High Lords of Terror that that, that happens to, that they try to assassinate. Thematically speaking, though, like if we're looking to Eric's example, yeah. uh, Veritas, Inquisitor Veritas, Veritas is the Latin root for truth. Truth. So it would make sense to say, I'm going to bring the truth. I am going to out. I am going to... Do you know anything about Inquisitor Veritas? Um, well, I was hoping that you guys would be able to, to fill that Absolutely. Out. Something very interesting about Veritas is that's actually Cinderman. Bum, bum, bum. One of the first four humans that founded the Inquisition. Over 2,000 years before that. Jordan is very impressed by this fact. He is old as You dust. too, Jordan, That's can live that old. long. All you, fair. <laughs> all you gotta do, eat your vegetables, push-ups and sit-ups, and love your mama. Having a good regimen is important to immortality. Absolutely. Also important is the technology that allows you to keep your body from <laughs> becoming game. dust. So From entropy. <laughs> he is over 2,000 years old at that point. He is one of the original Inquisitors who created the Inquisition. And he's been working with the um, Grey Knights at this point. Even Wynand actually didn't even know about the Grey Knights until um, Cind- uh, Veritas and Wynand got together and chatted about it. And then he told her all of that. Even though she was like the head of like the – she was like the – what do you call a figurehead she was the figurehead of the inquisition she didn't even know everything about the inquisition so i mean secrets on secrets with these guys really um so in the end veritas and Wynand come to an agreement where veritas becomes the actual leader of the ordo uh, malleus and Wynand becomes the leader of the ordo xenos at the end that's the end of what happens did you find it no i was gonna just jump in oh and Mark was trying to prove me wrong, but he no, couldn't. I will. So I will that's, prove that's you wrong. I, that's all I'm trying to get at. Is what? He couldn't okay, prove me wrong. okay. Logically, logically, let's yes. just. Why would Veritas go through all this trouble to try to assassinate this person? Only to be like, okay, yeah, fine, because it didn't dun, work. Dun, dun, Sorry, dun, dun. are you trying to apply logic to Games Workshop yeah, stories? Yeah, no, it's very logical and well thought through. All of it. All of it. Oh, all. I think you need to go ret- take another wolves look. On wolves on I think you need to take another all of it. <laughs> but Mark. There are no wolves on Ferris. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they end up founding the Ordo Xenos. Together. Re- regardless of how it happened. <laughs> That's, we literally were together, what, two days ago when you wrote these notes out. Mm-hmm. Two Anyways. days is a long time for your memory to falter. For me. For you. Oh, please. Your memory. All right. But anyways, that is the 
creation of the splitting of Ordo Malleus and Ordo Xenos. So now you have the two separate things. We already talked about Ordo Malleus. So today let's talk about the Ordo Xenos. Mm -hmm. Now we want to follow the same format as we did with the um, Malleus. But the truth is it's actually not nearly as much about the Ordo Xenos as there is the Ordo Malleus. There's a lot about the Death Watch, mm -hmm. obviously a lot about um, Great Knights and everything. But the Inquisition Ordos themselves... It, it you may see that reflected on the tabletop with how many units they have just dedicated no, to the Inquisition. Exactly. Like it's it's a little everything is like hodgepodge with them. There's no real standard mm -hmm. that I, I was able to find. Yeah. Like they, they function in like the standard inquisitorial cells that we talked about. So you're an Inquisitor and you pretty much do whatever the heck you want and you just yeah. get whatever you want. Well, yeah, and you will form cells with other Inquisitors that have similar goals to yours, but you're not really working for... You don't have a boss. You're more working side by side, and your past might lead you somewhere else completely. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how they function. Where when we were talking about the Malleus, they had like a very... They had 169 representatives or something like that. Well, the Secret Masters. Yeah, yeah, but they also had... They had special people who were in charge of sectors and subsectors. Yeah. and So it was actually much more well thought out in the Malleus as opposed to the Xenos. Yeah. Which, uh, I can see it. The Xenos, sure. like... Yeah. <clears throat> Doesn't really matter. Anyways, yeah. they are primarily autonomous, and they are independent with their own retinue. Now, Colin, this is your note, yep. so I'd like you to... So, okay, so when a Inquisitor encounters a alien... Unless there is some sort of way to say, hey, look, we, we need to work together by circumstance because there are moments when the Imperium is like, look, we've got another alien threat. Maybe we'll work alongside or maybe we'll actually just ignore each other or, you know, play ignorant long enough to finish this other race off. And then we'll get to you, fair alien. Right. Like, well, <laughs> we're going to deal with you in due time. Yes. Um, but ways of interacting with Xenos uh, typically follows uh, nine actions of interrogation when you've encountered one. Now, the obviously the actions of interrogation come after full-blown annihilation, right? Like if you're not going to be annihilating them, you've captured them or you've surrounded them, the Inquisition will still take the time to say, okay, what do you know? Because there is still something that can be gleaned, something important that humanity can still gain. That's dependent on the Inquisitor. Some will say, I don't need your lies, alien, Absolutely. And, and annihilate them. But some will say, well, maybe there's something I can glean. So uh, some of the actions include, so step one, you're an Inquisitor. You found an alien. They've been captured. They're sitting in a cell. What do you do? What do you do? Uh, imagine the setting is just like V for Vendetta. They're in a cage. You walk in. You're wearing black gloves, your <laughs> trench coat, scary Inquisitor. Step one, verbal interrogation. So you just yell at yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, it can be more subtle than that. It can be, so tell me, alien, what do you know? <laughs> to which you realize you don't speak the alien's language. Right, of course. Yeah. Which is great to then escalate to step two, <laughs> threatening further actions. Now listen, alien, I am not going to take that language, whatever language it is. Do you understand me? <laughs> ah, it's still not working. I got to go to step three, light torture. Just, just, ah! just nipple twists, right? That's just light torture. Just bending or, of... Or like name 10 chocolate bars. Nothing crazy. It's titillation. So um. it's like, it's sensation, which could bring you to like some form of pleasure, but really it's just <laughs> agonizing. And it's light. It's like, it might be bending your finger. It might be like, you know, uh, grabbing you by the chin. Like you see on all those police dramas <laughs> now that that seems to be the way to torture that someone. A thing? That's a thing. Um, so Whose chin is that big? Wait, what? 
Trust me. I don't watch crime dramas for Move that it. reason. <laughs> Those damn chin grabbers. <laughs> All right. So here I am, Inquisitor. I'm holding this alien by one of its many chins. Of course. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I am threatening more physical torture. Okay. And I'm also beginning uh, physiological manipulation. You know, alien, multi-chin alien, your friends are <laughs> never going to come for you. We have you. This is true. I ate all my friends. Mm. It is the way of our people. Yes. What a twist. Or you might hear them in the other room screaming as other inquisitors have moved up their actions okay. Okay. or other members of the, the retinue. So these, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but these initial steps that humanity starts to have with these people is nothing more than waterboarding. It is effectively that, but it gets ah. worse, Eric. Okay. It Excellent. definitely gets worse Excellent. because the next step is bring out the psyker. A psyker will delve into the thoughts of the subject, uh, pull out memories. Uh, at this point, they may actually start to um, actually manipulate the memories or maybe remove them entirely. <laughs> uh, imagine something like if you're, you're uh, picture your happiest moment as an alien. Maybe it's grazing across this great open purple field and then all of a sudden the field is just gone and you're just in blackness. They are manipulating <laughs> your mind and your memories to play on the things that are most satisfying to you. And that's painful. What they'll then do, the next step, is sensory deprivation. Look, we've tried manipulating your mind a little bit. We've tried torturing you. We're just going to stick you in a hole for a long <laughs> time and make uh -huh. you contemplate when this torture is actually going to end. I like to think that there are many aliens who have just been forgotten. I think that's very likely. <laughs> very likely. Because you know the administratum, the Inquisitor comes out and says, we'll come for him in three or four days. He goes off to another mission. <laughs> they forget about him oh, for absolutely. three or four centuries. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, after that, the next step, more intensive psychic probing. And this is very painful and often fatal. This is now- This is how you make new friends. Yeah. As an Inquisitor. <laughs> yes, because other Inquisitors are watching the steps that you're going to, and they're like, you are a badass. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. You're trying, to, you're trying to flex a little EPIN on those losers that you were in the <laughs> Academy with. That's right. Right? <laughs> what is EPIN? You never flex a little EPIN? <laughs> no, can't uh, say how. Moving on uh, <laughs> out of gamer culture, uh, <laughs> we're going to keep going. The next step I actually thought was interesting would come uh, after intensive psychic probing. It's actually a chemical assistance and verbal psychic probing. So you will have that example of maybe you are projecting a lot of probing. hallucinations mm -hmm. of into probing. the mind of the subject, uh -huh. uh, both psychically, but also you're giving them hallucinogens. To the alien, maybe the Inquisitor's face is actually melting off and now there is Ghost Rider talking to them. <laughs> Scarecrow. Yes, uh, yep. A perfect example. Everything wow. is shaking, you know? Um, and then after I that- see bats everywhere. <laughs> it is weeks long death. In, the interrogation is over. The Inquisitor now is just here to torture and make the alien, the multi-chinned alien to, <laughs> who can't speak, who can't speak any of the language, yeah. making their life an absolute hell. Imagine <laughs> this, that you have gone through all of these steps, you're unable to communicate, or maybe you can, the Inquisitor just doesn't believe you or, or doesn't, doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of what for us as humans in our human history, we actually see. This is people being cruel for the sake of being cruel. But it's also based on the, the mentality of, well, am I going to torture this alien because it makes me feel better? Is it because I feel that I, as a human, have a manifest destiny to rule the stars and that no alien shall come between me and that? Or are you just a sick human being? <laughs> I think it's a little bit of all of it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, as an Inquisitor, you got to make those tough calls. 
Is that a tough call, though? It's probably both, and uh, no, it's a question of the chicken and the egg. What no, came the, first? the tough call is how many planets do I have to exterminatus in order to stop the Tyranids from advancing? Yes. The consequence of that is you got to let a little stress out. So you got to <laughs> torture an alien or two. It's not a big deal. I mean, you just sacrificed billions of your own people. What's one Xenos, right? That's 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 the, the logic. You're going to have a bad time. You're going to... Look... If you're a Xenos, just avoid the Inquisition. You're pretty much just asking for it at that point. <laughs> right? If you're if you're in the area of an Inquisitor, yeah. that's your fault. <laughs> so for those of you that have Inquisitors on your tabletop and you're marching across, do know that the, the fate for the aliens may not actually be a swift death. No. You may actually want to capture them. You may want to, you know, pull them in to say, what knowledge am I going to actually extract from you before I make you suffer a slow and agonizing death? Bonus points if you can do that to them in real life while you're playing. <laughs> well, that just makes yeah, for great like, friendship. Just, them up, slowly well, start the yeah, nipple twisting. Verbally break them. Like, your mother hates you. <laughs> you're reaching across the table. You're no. actually breaking the arms off of the other player's model. Yeah, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> you start staring at them. Oops. <laughs> just start dropping yeah. their models. Yeah. That was my golden demon winning. Oh. Uh, okay, I have a question though because this is the first I've heard of these nine actions of yes. interrogation. Yes. Is this used on humans as well? Well, it it actually is also used in the the or, for the order of Her- uh, hereticus uh, and um, for uh, people who have been suspected of being um, possessed by demons. This is kind of the welcome to the Inquisition. Here is your handbook of uh, yeah, yeah. here is what you can expect in the first four days. Nine easy <laughs> steps to interrogation. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I can't really see Malleus using it as much. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Hereticus, oh, that that's perfect. Yeah. Uh-huh. What more could you ask for than this very clear laid out system? Yep. Structure. Structure. <laughs> so, uh, but then again, um, sometimes because of some circumstance, you may have to work alongside aliens. Uh, begrudging human players, we know. It's disgusting <laughs> for those Xenos. <laughs> or maybe it's because you're at the tabletop and you're in a 2v2 and you're like, oh, I gotta partner with these bloody... And you have to make up, up some silly storyline. Yep. But hey, here are some races that you actually could work with and yes. have a, a lore-based reason for it. Of course, because these Inquisitors do use an Inquisitorial retinue and they commonly will take Xenos that they view mm-hmm. are valuable. Yeah, like maybe, maybe one of the, the aliens actually speaks their own language mm-hmm. and speaks Gothic. So there you have some way to communicate. Mm-hmm. Or they know the system really well or whatever reason you can come up or with. Or they're a traitor to their own race they could and even they're that. trying to help you get in. Yep. Yeah. You never, you never know. Every, every alien is going to have a different... can never trust a Xenos and his intentions. Because mm-hmm. every Xenos is going to have their own motivation and every Inquisitor is going to have all bad. their own... Well, of course, yes. So you can never trust them. He yeah. just said that with like demonstrable contempt in his eyes. Um, so, what are some of the uh, the Xenos allies? Well, there's Mark's favorite, um, the Kroot. No, uh, not that one. <laughs> Get your jizz hands out of here. <laughs> no, the Jopkaro. Jopkaro. The Jokeros. The Jokero. Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, and they use them because of all those tiny little digital weapons that they can mm-hmm. make. Miniaturized yeah. weapons. Yeah, and they find them useful. Uh-huh. Um, next, they also will have been known to like ally with Corsair Eldar, or even regular Eldar, or heck, even Dark Eldar. Like, you will find any Xenos race, really. We can name them all. You can find an orc. Not every Xenos. Tyranid, Necron. No, Necron will. Well, that's true, actually. Yeah, you know. screw that, but Necron will. <laughs> <laughs> like literally anyone. I don't think a Tyranid. 
okay so tyranids i don't find i don't really classify them as a race i classify them more as like wildlife like like you don't ally you don't say i'm allied with this cow when you melt well they're a force of nature you can concede that but they are a race they are a unique species extra galactic sure sure. but it it, to me i i put them on the the field of like wildlife like because they they're they're not it was a david attenborough behold the majestic you know hormagant it's just like ripping (laughs) a farmer up the poor farmer who works on the night world No, but, like, I get what you're saying because they don't ha- have, like, any kind of individuality. Yeah, they don't have I'm a culture. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, but well, I don't anything know. I've that... never been on one of their bio ships. Maybe they <laughs> might have, be fun. Maybe they have some form of music. <laughs> getting, like, absorbed into the wall. This is great. <laughs> but, yeah, you could come up with a thousand different Xenos and why they would ally. Like, let's just ramble off a couple of these. We don't need to spend a lot of time on them, though. Um, one interesting one that you may find actually was uh, back. So if you use the Wayback Machine or any sort of uh, time machine for the internet to go back and look at websites from decades past, crazy to think, you know, how old the internet is now in the grand scope of how far you can look old, back. Old. But um, back and in yet 2000, I still don't have internet access on my computer. <laughs> mm, that's your problem. Uh, back in 2008, GW's website had a nondescript alien called uh, Krashak the Stalker, and he was from a race uh, known as the Viscans. They were ectothermic in nature, and they absorb heat and energy from their environment. Eldred uh, from the Eldar, um, Eldari, uh, turned the orcs on some Tyranids who came to, you know, they came to blows. Well, the Tyranids kind of rolled off the orcs and they ran into the Viscans who ate them, or sorry, the Tyranids ate the Viscans for uh, biomass. And now this Krashik the Stalker uh, became an alien bounty hunter without a race. And he went off and joined, I believe it was uh, some rogue traders. And that's how they tried to populate a little bit of these races that they are nomadic. Um, okay. You will see different races that will work with rogue traders because of all of the civilizations and all the cultures in the cosmos, many have actually lost their home worlds to the major warring factions that we play. Oh, absolutely. So yes. that's how they kind of fall into the uh, the side of humanity where inquisitors are saying, well, I this alien has no race. It is no great threat. I might as well use this one because there's no chance of it, you know, existing beyond yeah, this last the race member. itself doesn't have a threat. yeah 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 the another cool thing is that even though we've exterminated hundreds if not thousands of alien races mm-hmm. there's so many more for us to find and kill that's <laughs> always a, another that's the really good thing eyes are on you crud <laughs> so you guys should take away from this that mm-hmm. yes we've killed a lot but there's so many more for us to kill <laughs> yeah there's uh there's also xenos hybrids um, not just like pure aliens, but aliens that have, you know, uh, either injected their genetic material into humans or Ugh. humans who have willingly taken alien technology or um, biotechnological and adapted themselves. That would blow my mind that a human would use that. Like, uh, why? Well, maybe, maybe I would use it, and then like a minute after I'm done, I'm like, have I done? goodbye and kill it. But think, okay, the it's example just, uh, for this, uh, uh, District uh, Nine oh has an, uh, the movie District Nine has an Great excellent movie. example of human alien tech. Fusing. An example that I think of would be you f- find one of these um, parts of the Imperium. They had lost contact, and this entire human race has said, well, let's adopt some qualities from alien. Not just culture, but let's actually try to adjust w- what we are as a species. Inquisition comes in and says, look, we're going to wipe you all out, but first maybe let's actually use something <laughs> that you've done here, which can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. There, uh, there's even a couple examples of that happening in the Great Crusade. Just without the Inquisitions. Uh-huh. Yes. The Inquisitors. Yeah. Well, the but Great Crusade where, where was they, way more open to yeah. accepting human genetic mutation yeah. than they are Because you're now. still 
human, like alien hyphen human. It's just where you fall. Are you human then alien or alien yeah, then right. human? Yeah, there's a yeah. couple good examples of it. Yeah, but, but yeah, during the Great Crusade, everything was hunky dory dandy. Well, uh, they're still very xenophobic. Okay, but compared to now, when is a crusade not still a good time, even right? more xenophobic? No, that's why I'm saying you know, the during whole... the Great Crusade, you were more likely to be accepted for your genetic mutation than you were now. Really? No, no, yes. no. That's yes. that's retarded. The whole thing about the Great Crusade was wiping out the entire galaxy of anything that was not humanity. That was the point of Great Crusade. So right now, the Inquisition has such power that if anybody deals with Xenos besides the Inquisition. You're dead. Doesn't matter. You pick up an alien weapon, you're dead. I don't care what your motivation was. Were Great Crusade? Like, no. It depends on the authority. False. It does depend false. on the authority because we know that Raboot Gilliman, at least in the current 8th edition, which there, is gay. There was the, I'm frustrated. There, I'm pissed. He's really Eric angry. Set me off now. Why? Because I was right? No, you're not right oh, at all. Totally. No, there's no way you're right. Totally. Anyways, keep going, Colin. The, the, the involvement of the Inari to uh, bring back uh, Raboot Gilliman, as well as the incredible contribution of Belisarius Call, uh, Mary Sue of no, the Mechanicus. No, all of that also, is bullshit. We're skipping it. I don't want to get into uh, it. I was totally <laughs> listening. What's going on? Humanity, there are moments when it is convenient for humanity to adopt or invite in the, we won't say assistance, but we'll say collaboration oh, with aliens, but we will just as quickly turn around and blast them off the face of this Milky Way galaxy. I think uh, I think you should play, replace humanity with Games Workshop. Sometimes it's convenient for Games Workshop <laughs> to, to write stories like this. <laughs> well, and not for humanity to do it. It's not convenient. Like, like, here's what, like, so Eric, you're saying like, listen to this, just, it's a, it's a sentence pulled off in more liberal times under the emperor, even markedly divergent ad humans could serve in the Imperial guard. And now they cannot. So you are had a higher chance of your genetic mutation being accepted under the great crusade where the emperor was mm -hmm. than you do now. You would see that with Sanguinus and his wings. Like we will accept that's, that's that what mutation. I'm saying. That what was I what say? I'm saying. That's what I'm you arguing. are saying wrong. That's what you're saying. You've been yelling for five minutes, and I don't know what for. I don't know. I don't know. I'm frustrated. Relax. We, we got to get past the Inquisition. Breath, we got to speed breath. it up. We're on a timeline here. Jeez. I'm getting all worked up. I'm anxious. <laughs> I fucking haven't slept in two days. My cat's eye. It's really worrying me. <laughs> That's bugging you out, hey? Okay. All right. I'm refreshed. Lots of aliens <laughs> working with the Inquisition. But none of them should. No, of Bottom course line, not. none of them should. No. If you work with an alien, you're a heretic. No one should work with aliens. Absolutely. And if you're an Inquisitor, you need to be prepared for when you deal with aliens. You have to have your gear. Yes. What kind of, of gear do they have, Eric? Uh, well, they've got lots. They have armors mm. and boots, mm. um, backpacks, mm -hmm. Ooh, uh, knives. That's very good. I'm assuming. They can, I, can I tell you a few more? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I'd love to hear more. Uh, first one that you will see when you see an Inquisitor and you will recognize it's an Inquisitor, bitchin' cloaks, trench coats. Oh my Jeez. God, you and your robes. God. Robes. No, here, here's, here's the thing. When you look at an Inquisitor, you know that they are cool because they look like they're, they could be anything. They could be from a Western. They could be from a film noir. They follow this long tradition of long cloaks being donned by masculine figures who are badass. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can't be a small inquisitor. I'm sorry, but you're going to be stuck in like one of those ordos that all you're doing is like looking at the history of the inquisition if you're a small guy. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to be on the front lines, you have to be badass. Yep. Oh, yep. And so I actually kind of like what you wrote here and you put how the seal is like the most important like arsenal. Yeah, yeah. It's and it, that completely skipped my mind is mm -hmm. the fact that like their most important 
power comes from the fact that they're a member of the Inquisition. And, like, doesn't matter, like, what gun or staff or mm-hmm. sword you carry, but yep. that that authority the, is the most powerful thing you could ever carry. Their power is the yeah. uh, the inquisitorial rosette, the symbol that they can pull out at any moment and say, I have unlimited authority. It's it's a kind of a crazy notion because you think of the power that symbols have. What does the rosette look like? You, you usually see, like, it is a, a stick of an eye and there's, there's an a skull. Eye. Yes. Um, the eye being the sigil of Malkador, the sigilite. Mm-hmm. Yes. And But those symbols carry power. It's it's the same as if you were to see Only a, if you give them power. Vi- well, true. <laughs> but we, we see them used in, in countries where there's an authoritarian nationalism. Um, a lot of people, when they see the Inquisitorial Rosette, they think, oh, the, the Gestapo, you know, World War sure, II. Sure, yeah. yeah. But, it's the secret police. Yeah, but it, the, a symbol like that actually goes back even further. You see it in the French Revolution, you see it with the Austrian Empire. Where's Christian when you need them? I know, I'm thinking I'm, not that, a history I'm reading your notes and I'm just like, huh, that's a lot of stuff that is in our real universe. <laughs> yeah. That is... Terrifying. Not, for, not 40k. <laughs> huh. Where is Christian so I can... Where's Christian? That's the big thing here. <laughs> but for an Inquisitor, it's not just about their ability to wipe out races. It's the fact that they could go into any Imperial city and restrict voting. They could... For for smaller lords. They could walk in and say, your entire Night Legion is coming with me. Hmm. That authority is more powerful than any gun, any spaceship. Absolutely. Anything. Absolutely. Authority given through fear. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Through the God Emperor. Right, of course. <laughs> it's a good fear. A fear that every Imperial citizen should have. Because <laughs> yeah. if you don't have that fear, you're probably going to mess up. Anyways. <laughs> um, the Another thing we're going to talk about that they have is a lot of Xenos tech. And obviously, like, they're a member of the Inquisition. They can pretty much have whatever they want. They can have power armor. They can have power swords. They can have bolt guns even if they want to. What makes the Xenos, the Ordo Xenos special, though, aside from all the regular stuff, is the amount of Xenos technology that, though not authorized, they do use. We have a couple examples. Now, I don't know a few of what these are are um it's okay even we like the scythian venom tamen comes from the scythian race and it is a small dagger like venom talon right that's, so. and that's as good as we've got yeah. on it but these are just a couple names mm-hmm. of, of other things um the satan phase sword obviously is a reference to the necron mm-hmm. um so funny thing is that this doesn't exist in like any necron they don't have the sword no, from which there's no name. such thing as a satan phase sword in the necron but when you click on it it does talk about how it uses like necron phase technology okay. but another cool thing about that is if that ever comes into contact with a um satan a satan's body it will just absorb into the satan and the satan will be made stronger for it i don't know it just it doesn't affect the satan at all hmm. other than absorbing the weapon so, like, calls it back to its master. Ah. It's clearly Necrodermis. Heaven ah. forbid to be the first space marine to, like, charge and, like, stab <laughs> it in and be like, oh, I was not expecting that. Yeah. All you have <laughs> left is, like, a hilt in your yeah. hand. Like, hmm. It still has the power of the Aquila on the hilt, though. <laughs> exactly. So it's fine. Temper, crushing the, the sword turned into a club. <laughs> Any weapon. Anything is a weapon in the hands of a righteous man. <laughs> uh, another thing we have is Ulumathic Plasma Siphon. And this is from the race of the Ulumathians. Yeah. We talked about them once upon a time. Yeah. Minor Xenos races? It was yeah. in our Minor Xenos races. Ah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but they just, they have a weapon that the Ordo Xenos took and likes to use. <laughs> so Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's some type of weird, like it sucks the plasma out of there and makes your plasma guns more powerful. Yeah. So Yeah. Very alien it's technology. It's more plasma than regular plasma. Mm. So. 
super dangerous. An interesting thing that is actually alien technology, though, conversion beamers. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think they ever say where it comes from. There's a bunch of like uh, stuff that you we found um, that you're like, huh, that why, how, how is how that, is that? Yeah, how is that Xenos? I always thought that was like a yeah. an Imperium thing, but uh, we didn't include them because they didn't include like the race they're from. Yeah, so and they don't like, they don't have a lot of information. No. About is it possible this. it could have been from other human races that had offshooted during completely oh, sure. possible, Crusade? Yeah. Mm-hmm. completely possible, but not human enough to be considered human. Fair enough. Yeah, and that's that's the main thing. <laughs> we probably killed them all. That's the rub, yeah. <laughs> um, I see another one you put in a couple, Stygis 8. Yes. Oh, he threw in Mechanicum stuff for well, sure. Here's the deal, <laughs> oh, guys. God. Um, <laughs> the Inquisition uh, does like to say, no alien tech allowed. But then they will use alien tech. Yes. Uh, on the side and in the down low. Yeah, it's yep. like so, you tell little kids, don't play with the Don't oven. play with guns, but... I'll play with I'll guns. I'll play with guns. <laughs> I'm responsible enough. Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I know when to end my playing with guns, and yeah. it's when I start aiming it at Mark. Or you start trying to pull the trigger with your toe. <laughs> right, exactly. I, what? That's that's when the fun begins. <laughs> um, that's on the Terra side of the Imperium Aquila. On the other side, the Mechanicus, uh, specifically Stygis 8, um, they try to play a little more fast and loose with uh, Zeno's tech, which does bring them into conflict uh, with the Inquisition. Wow. Um, First par- of all, only the Inquisition is allowed to play with Zeno's tech. Well, this okay. is the thing, right? Well, so Stygis will actually try to play it off that they are not playing with alien tech. Uh, you know, throw a little dab of paint on that. That's not a Necron device. It's, it's <laughs> an Shave old off. Necrons SCC. have green energy. These LEDs are clearly orange. <laughs> Literally just actually throwing LEDs on the side of a Necron phase, you know. but um, It's like an orc f- fixing something. <laughs> um, however, that said, because the Mechanicus are the masters of tech within the joint Imperium, they will have to say, well, you know, specifically Mars here, Inquisition, here are some things that we let you use, but uh, this means the Death Watch and the Inquisition will frequently go to Stygis 8 and be like, knock it off. Stop <laughs> what you're doing. I, it's like peering over the fence. Like, we know what you're doing over there. <laughs> you are going to rip a hole in reality. Please stop. So there are uh, there are tech priests and Stygis who have experimented with different tech. Um, M36 Death Watch kill teams are sent out by the uh, Ordo Xenos and the tech priests of Stygis have to use quote-unquote radical measures to escape, which I like <laughs> to think of meaning that they are actually phasing through the planet to get away. Um, this is also the beginning of one of my favorite parts of the Inquisition is the beginning of their shadow war with the Adeptus Mechanicus, where the Inquisition says, whatever alien tech you are doing, Stygis, and you Mars, don't think we've forgotten. You are only one planet away from Holy Terra. We know you're <laughs> screwing with stuff. They, and you didn't even help us during the War <laughs> yeah. of the Beast. They start to say, okay, we're going to look more closely into what you do. And that's when the uh, Adeptus, uh, Adeptus Administratum and the Inquisition look into Mechanicus tech, and they find all of the scrap code coming back. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, the Mechanicus release all of these different uh, self-perpetuating programs that delete any mention. So it's literally, you are reading a, uh, a, a screen, or you, it's actually probably more insidious than that. You're, you're going through these files, and the words are erasing as you are reading yeah. them. So you know it's there, 
but you have no proof because it's gone now. So yeah. then you start writing code to try and salvage this and, and uh, stop their code. And then they obviously are, which are better at it. So they write code to block your code. Yeah. And this is the shadow war. Yeah. And that's why the Inquisition, the Mechanicus, they will still have moments where they have to work together. But uh, it's always this this pursuit of knowledge for the Mechanicus. I, I think the Inquisition also would just harbor like a little bit of bitterness that they actually have no control over the Mechanicus. Yeah. Because the Inquisition truly feels that they are, well, especially like Cinderman, like he believed that the Inquisition should rule over humanity. Mm-hmm. It was his like idea that, you know, no one is worthy of commanding humanity other than us mm-hmm. and so the, a, a little bit of that will have trickled down through the ages right mm-hmm. so it's got to irk the inquisition a little bit that they can't just pull the master of the forge right mm-hmm. and be like yeah he's a guilty heretic kill him why can't they i know they totally would why but can't they i'm pretty sure <laughs> at some point the mechanicus is gonna get upset hit back yeah yeah <laughs> and it wouldn't be pretty it's, well, it's great on the tabletop if you have, you know, armies of the, the Imperium, you have armies of the Mechanicus. Why are they fighting each other? Well, maybe because there's some sort of Xenos tech that the Mechanicus says, no, 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 we're going to we're gonna take it to make sure that it stays in a safe place. And then and the Inquisition, <laughs> And the Inquisition, well, whether they want to use it or not, the Inquisition's like, you cannot touch this. Yes. This is off limits because we know it's what happened. It's not our fault that our storage room and our main research room <laughs> is the same room. <laughs> yeah. And if it just happens to slide from that table to this table, table is it through my the fault? x-ray machine yeah. so we can see the inside is it really my fault yeah no it's jerry's that's bad urban planning also from the administrator <laughs> we're like i don't know why these two rooms share one space <laughs> oh well why yeah. aren't they <laughs> anyways that is uh some interesting story between behind the xenos technology that the inquisition the ordo xenos uses at least you'd never find the ordo malleus using such filthy no, they just use demons. yeah <laughs> exactly much much safer uh um, and something else that the Ordo Xenos will use is they have the ability to requisition armies, being the navies of the Imperium, uh, the Imperial Guard regiments of the Imperium, as well as space marines. They can even um, requisition just regular space marine armies. And from what I was reading, they actually will do that more often than using the Death Watch. Yeah. Hmm. Well, just just like with the uh, Grey Knights, you don't send the Grey Knights into every little conflict. They're a limited resource, you know. Expensive to make, expensive to yeah. uh, upkeep new ones, so you want to make sure that you're only using them when the need is dire, Yeah. just like the Death Watch. Yeah, so, exactly. But now that we're talking about Space Marines, and now that we've mentioned Death Watch, let's jump right in. Yeah. The All Death right. Watch. Yes. Uh, they are the militant branch of the Ordo Xenos. Absolutely. So just like the Ordo Malleus had the Great Knights, the Ordo Xenos will call upon the Ordo or call upon the Death Watch when the threat is super dangerous. Like when you really need something done, these are the guys you go to. Absolutely. Um, they are. I see you added stuff into this. Mm-hmm. So the Death Watch. When we talk about their stories and the lore. A cursory overview of the Death Watch means that you're going to get usually one of two stories. It's it's either man versus giant beast. You know, you've got uh, Grendel, like this giant monster. Or it's going to be a hunter team versus hordes of aliens. Those are kind of the two tropes of where the Death the, Watch fall into. And the reason you'll never find anything larger than that in Death Watch is because they operate in extremely tiny teams. Mm-hmm. They, like, you're never going to find, like, 
40 Death Watch guys close to you. I mean, you could. Anything is possible. But the regular is like 5 to 10. And that's like your max kill team that's mm-hmm. being sent out for something, right? Yep. So I think you guys forgot one uh, story arc. What's that? Oh, just exterminating a race for the for the fun of it. Because they're Xenos. Oh, no, yeah, that, that happens all the time. But is that that's... a story or is that just a plot point? <laughs> no, that's a story. Doesn't yeah. that go without saying? You just exterminate. <laughs> well, yeah. absolutely. Part of their goal is to completely eradicate alien races yeah. that are Ordo Horrificus, or Xenos Horrificus, yeah. that have been designated deadly to the Imperium. Yeah. They'll also go on, like, tech hunts and stuff, too. For like inquisitors, and they're like be inquisitors' personal bodyguards. Like, so it's inquisitors going into like an ancient tomb, like he might of an ancient civilization that he knows nothing about. He might call upon a squad of Death Watch to protect to uh, protect them. Of course, so that, obviously very rare. Yeah, and um, but definitely that is within an inquisitor's purview to ask for. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the founding of the Death Watch. So it was. Actually, so while uh, Wynand and Cinderman are having a little petty fight over how to best deal with Xenos threats and how to protect the Imperium, um, during the War of the Beast, Chapter Master Corland, who is he? The Imperial Fist. Okay, so he's the Imperial Fist Chapter Master. Um, he came up with Cinderman that like the best thing to do is to create small pockets of space marines in order to fight this threat and that the hammer wasn't working so instead of the hammer they're going to use tiny little instruments everywhere but uh i think how it went is like they didn't have enough of his own to do it so they just asked all the other chapters around them yeah for like hey like we want to do this thing like we need help from you guys and a bunch of different space marines from a bunch of different chapters just all were like yes we agree with you and they formed their own kill teams yeah because you can essentially form an entirely new chapter if you if every chapter just gives you one marine it's no big loss to them but you have this whole new chapter exactly yeah but they they had a bunch of access to a bunch of different chapters they got these things and these things operated in very tiny very autonomous units uh and that was like the founding of the death watch uh since and there wasn't even like time to create yeah it wasn't an official founding or anything like they they um like, they did, like, one small squad of this, and they ended up actually going to that attack moon that you were talking about. That was their um, very first mission, yeah. was going and, to the attack moon. And they were able to destroy it. So, like, yeah. it proved that this is a useful way to do things, that you can actually get a bunch of Astartes from different chapters to work together, and it can be very useful. Right, of course. And that was kind of, like, their testament. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, look, you know, now that you've approved and you sanctioned this, this yeah. proves that it's a useful and viable option. I'm sure that the story for this involves a lot of hand-holding, like... They, they approach a wall, and it's like, oh, if only we knew how to get over this wall. I am an iron head. Yeah. I know all about walls. You yeah, know, exactly. And they get to their next challenge. Oh, no. What about deserts? <laughs> you know, <and> then, <laughs> what about honor? Yeah. <laughs> I'm an ultramarine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of that. And, uh, yeah, so they end up working together, and they actually destroyed the attack wound. And that is the, like, um, prescribed theory that most people would opt in as, like, the... the accepted one for the creation yeah but as we know with the inquisition there are inquisition ordos that are devoted to discovering the true origins and the true founding of things um because like if we're looking at it it's like been eight thousand years like that's a long time like we don't have any idea what happened eight thousand years ago like we might think we know what happened eight thousand years ago. i know ago. what happened eight thousand years ago we we most likely don't though i know what happened you know you know everything i'm um, not gonna share it <laughs> so there's a second theory uh, that 
really isn't as predominant now, especially with the War of the Beast books. But uh, the theory goes that a group of Inquisitors formed a conclave, and they're just discussing, like, oh, there's too many Xenos. Like, how do we get rid of all these Xenos? And uh, it took them, like, a couple years to finally realize, oh, maybe we should talk to some Space Marine chapter masters, <laughs> ask for their support. It literally took them a couple years to do, come up with this idea. Um, so the they gather a bunch of us chapter masters and they ask them for support and each chapter master uh, like vows to support them and they give them a handful of troops. Yes. And that's like, the end result is the exact same thing but yeah. it's not nearly as involved yeah. as like the first one is like with yeah. the War of the Beast. Yeah, like the War of the Beast is definitely the way it happened. Like that just came out two years ago I think. Yeah, pretty recently. Where, yeah. But the Death Watch have been around for a long time in the lore. Like, almost probably 20 years in the lore. Very long so, time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, either way, the Fortress Monastery of uh, the Death Watch, like their main homeworld, is Teleressa Prime. And this is where the uh, the Watch Commander resides. Um, but they are they, they have a bunch of bases all over the galaxy. Yeah, they're a very yeah. mobile yeah. platform. Like, they don't want to have any one place because they need to be able to strike yeah. everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it in a bit. Yeah. But, yeah, that's completely true. Like, it's not like the uh, Salamanders where they only have Nocturne. And right. that's their base. They never... Well, they, they obviously leave it, but they never found They new never base. leave they Nocturne. They never leave their That business. is the safest planet ever. <laughs> Just an entire chapter of Space Marines lives on it. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about recruitment for the Astartes of the Death Watch, because it's very different than how regular chapters recruit their guys. Very different. Because, because they don't have a gene seed. Yeah, because they don't recruit, They, in a typical sense. Um they're drawn from all the chapters that are willing to donate the members to the Ordo Xenos. Or who have sworn oaths that they will do it. Yeah. Uh, so what this really essentially means is they're already getting full full space marines. They don't have to go to some death world, find a 12-year-old child, abduct them, rape them, and give them the gene seed. I don't think that happens in any of them, Mark. It's a mental fortitude test, Eric. I don't think it you is. You tell me that you... you your mental mind wouldn't break if you were. Oh no, it probably would, but I'm saying that's probably. <laughs> and sorry, not Eric, a test. you're not a space marine. I don't think I would be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that means that the 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 Death Watch are actually getting like a full Astartes. Um, yeah, and like the the reason that Death Watch or Astartes will join the Death Watch can have a number of different uh, reasons to it. There can be. Um, like it can be viewed as like a position of honor to go join the death watch. Cause like, it's the best of the best. Yeah. Like you send your best members there to gain more experience and to like win your chapter favor and honor. Um, few chapters uses a type of punishment, uh, like Uriel Ventress of the ultramarines was basically sent to the death watch because he messed up and yeah. Idiot. Idiot. But, uh, terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, Entire chapters have also been destroyed, and then maybe like an Astartes or two will be kicking about still. Yeah, and, and it's like, of, at that point, what are you going to do? Yeah, like you don't refound your chapter. Maybe the whole Gene Steel stock has been destroyed, so they just yeah. end up joining the Death Watch. And you also want to read one of yeah, these Yeah, uh, <laughs> another couple of ones would be a personal penance. So, like, you feel that, you know, like... um either you have done something like so heinous that the only way to atone for it is to join the death watch or maybe you witnessed something like your battle brothers and you you couldn't be around them so you're going there to absolve their sin as well yeah. so yeah it could be 
Yeah, like like you're, you're you've personally determined that like it's a self imposed punishment yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah, because you could be like a captain leading like a hundred marines, and you, you led them into a horrible battle. All one hundred of them died, and then it's like as penance, you're like, well, uh, yeah. Even though the the chapter is like, yo, this that happens. happens like bad yeah. intel, but yeah, so, whatever. You can come up with yeah. a many different reasons, and they actually have like uh they go on like the eternal watch. Think very much like oh, oh I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this. Think very much like uh, Game of Thrones, the the Night's Watch. The Night's Watch. I don't like to make cultural references. <laughs> you know, it's like trying to think of my forty k with my forty k. Yeah. But like, think very much like that, where they literally will just go and like join the Night's Watch, the Death Watch, and watch a certain area of space forever. Yeah, for as long as they're alive. Yeah, like yeah, and the your like service to the Death Watch can be like for a term. Yeah. Right? Which most are. Uh, it's most, a temporary term. You go, you yeah. already know how long you're going to be there. As soon as you're done serving that term, yeah. you leave and you go back to your chapter. Yeah. Or, or, or you're like, that was a lot of, like, I felt purpose in this. Yes. I want to yeah. stick around. Yeah. Absolutely. You definitely have the ability to stay. Yeah. The Death Watch doesn't normally turn down Marines. No. Um, and you also will serve on missions too. Like, you're there until that mission is complete and then you can leave. So it's like, even if you had a term and you're like, my term's up in four years, but I'm still on this mission, I got to finish this mission. Now, can those be larger if you have a really jerk Inquisitor who, uh, who's like, your mission, oh yeah, you, you cannot, you're not allowed to choose, <laughs> is going to be the complete destruction of the Eldari. Go. And you're yeah. like, but, uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I could absolutely. definitely see yeah. that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good we, luck. We know the <laughs> yeah. Imperium is not a reasonable place, so no. that seems perfectly reasonable for them to be... You're not unreasonable. 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 <laughs> no, no. Um, that would be pretty terrible, though, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last couple ones we have is if the Death Watch requires a chapter to honor their sacred vow yeah. that they said they would give Marines to you, like, like, hey, Black Templar, like you haven't given anyone in 300 years yeah. what the H. Yeah, exactly. And Black Templar is like, for the Emperor, and they go join. <laughs> right? Like, Sorry. <laughs> Paper got, paperwork got lost in the mail. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. shoot. We're here for back taxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. They have men to They spare. got some, yeah. Uh, and this isn't the final reason. There's a, You can come up with a thousand. Oh, it's all personal motivation yeah. to join the Death Watch. Yeah, and, unless your chapter master is being like, you yeah. little bitch, Uriel, you're going to the Death Watch. <laughs> but yeah, you could even just join for personal glory and like to try to make your name for yourself in the galaxy. Uh-huh. Um, the one thing that is super unique to the Death Watch are Black Shields. Um, they actually existed in 30k a little bit too, but in a different organization, but a very similar vibe. Um, basically though, a Black Shield is, uh, Astartes who approaches the Death Watch and their heraldry is removed, whether they scrape it off, whether they just not even, maybe they're not even wearing power armor at this point. Um, but, oh, but the either way, is, you can't you tell. Yeah, yeah, you don't you, know what chapter they're from. Yeah, and they will petition the watch commander for entry into the order, and uh, they will have a secret conversation between the two of them. And the watch commander will question like, "Who are you? Where do you come from? Why are you trying to join?" Like, and uh, oftentimes too, I think a psyker is even there to probe his mind and make sure that his intentions are true. Step four exactly. of the interrogation list. <laughs> yeah. So why why would they? Um they accept people like this. Why would you be forced to scrape all of your, your sigils, your background, your history? Cause there's some very good reasons. Absolutely. Um, uh, like the best example that I had read was that like, Hey, say your chapter 
turns to chaos or starts worshiping a chaos but you're like i don't fuck with that yeah so then instead of you showing up in like hey that chapter just turned traitor and everyone shoots Hi. you down <laughs> yeah. yeah but like you're like i don't i can't get with that so you go petition the death watch to join them but you do it where no one knows what chapter you are yeah, yeah. it's it's you walk in you're like my name is garrettus i am of uh the um uh, the- <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was that did he say Death Guard? <laughs> it's like, no, I said <laughs> scraping it off yeah, exactly. the ceramite. That's not there, anything. <laughs> but that would definitely be uh, something. Another thing is, you just might not want anyone to know what chapter you're from. Yeah, yeah. Like, right? That that's more of like a secretive reason and yeah. not really like a safety reason. <laughs> but it's definitely it still exists. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. You could. Co- one of the things I like about the Death Watch is they're one of the very few where I feel like there's actually a lot of character involved in them individually individually yeah. as opposed to just like if you're looking at ultramarine space marines it's like i don't know the, if, the boys in blue yeah whereas this one it's like you got a boy in blue and green and yeah, red and, and, and black, each one and of them has a story yeah and each one of them usually is like a vet, veteran of like a hundred wars and has already done a thousand great deeds um but yeah so like who knows they might just not want to be associated with their legion or their chapter anymore who yeah. knows why they do it but you can who really knows? come up with a number of different reasons it's also because you see an oversimplification in different uh chapters when you say oh i have space wolves or oh i have blood angels there are character archetypes in those that yeah. people say yeah my entire squad just plays by this personality type yeah but we know specifically from the horus heresy books and i think the death guard are actually a good example for that for seeing people are like screw this i am out yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Um, for sure you have individual within chapters and the best part of the death watch is you it is almost the a team you are throwing in these disparate personalities yeah, and you're yeah. saying now go rock and roll yeah. and they are going to butt heads it's great for conflict it's great for story yeah absolutely yeah. it's one of the best like chapters that exists for like playing in mm-hmm. because it's, if you're an ultramarine like it's like who's the most honorable Who's the most ultramarine of the ultramarine? Right, exactly. Yeah. You like, can kind of fall into that who's, who, If you're playing Black Temple, like, who's yeah. the most pious of, <laughs> of all the Black Temple? But when yeah. you're playing in the Death Watch, it's like, you. it totally makes yeah. sense to have completely conflicting characters. Yeah. So let's talk about how far are, is a Watch Commander willing to pardon before he's like, sorry, man, not letting you in. Um, Mark and I had very differing views on this. A rigorous debate arousing debate in my view heresy is still heresy and the only forgiveness a heretic gets is at a bolter round okay mark say your piece <laughs> okay so weinerd <laughs> tone it down <laughs> say it at a five <laughs> well, uh, where can for- heresy be forgiven i guess is the yeah debate. yeah exactly like and to me it all comes down to the watch commander ultimately like if i'm a watch commander i would act completely different than if eric was a watch commander yeah. so but there, there is no would- standard there is no checkbook there is no right there is no wrong there is nine or uh uh rights of uh interrogation so hearing that hearing what? that there is no right and there is no wrong colin how do you think this watch commander would feel about physical mutations such as a mouth growing out of your stomach yeah. chewing through your armor and, and ultimately you ointment you can put on it like <laughs> maybe a cloth you can yeah. wrap around that and, or and something? ultimately i think that is the one line that i don't think any watch commander would tolerate is mutation 
Okay. Like if ruinous you, power influence. Exactly. That you cannot if, if, reduce. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we got to that point. And then my next question was, well, sure, physical mutations are easy to see and easy to spot. But what about mutations or sicknesses of your soul? And that's why you have that mind? psyker there to, to like. But so it's either, not just a physical mutation then. Well, but I, you can like mind, mind wipe the guy. But you like, can't change their soul. There's what no such is thing the as soul? soul? Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. The there soul. is a soul. We've established in 40k souls Absolutely. exist. That's your tie to the warp. That's your representation in the warp. And if Slanesh has claimed your soul in the warp, then that's there's a funny word. A psyker. If Slanesh has sure. claimed your tie to the warp, yeah, has claimed your emotional. Um, supremacy. Can he claim it though? Absolutely, yeah. he can. Forever, and you can absolutely. never get it back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When, the that, when the when the ruinous powers point, take their blessing, they kill you. Sure. You cannot yes. opt out of their blessing. Okay, thanks. I'm good. Right. Then they sure. just kill you. We we talked about that. Through no, demonic yeah. possession. Yeah. And demonic they, hosting. There is a line. So that's what I'm saying. Is it's not. It cannot just be physical. I honestly think it is, man. Maybe maybe you got a psyker that now follows you around and it keeps you safe from the ruinous powers. I'm not saying it's likely, Eric. All I'm saying is you can fight the Runa's powers of chaos. You can. No. Yes, you can. Abaddon does it all the time. Well, he, it's more they allow he plays, him to... I think he plays one against the other. I don't think he fights them. Well, They're yeah, pretty but, much on his side. They're like, no, we they, like what you're doing. Well, yeah, yeah but like, he, he, doesn't bend, he, doesn't, he doesn't bend to any of their will. Correct. Like, I don't he think has all their powers. Their blessings. Yeah, but he doesn't bend to any of their will. He does what he wants to do. I believe he could, though. But he going could back be to, made to bend. Going back to a regular Astartes yes. who we are concerned yes. about getting into the Death Watch. Ultimately, yeah, if you have a physical mutation, if you're really, really mentally corrupt, absolutely, sure. So you do have a line? Yes. You're, there's still that line, absolutely. But I think, the, uh, from my opinion, the line is just those two things. Let's say if you are a... a black legion member and you killed 10,000 planets and you're like sorry I'm trying to turn my life around I, I would allow it I think you're talking it. about repentance though I think you're talking yeah. about the agency of if you have gone through let's say you get hit by a Nurgle gas attack and now your arms are both tentacles and you're like well I didn't want this yeah the chapter master may say let's chop off your arms give you bionics and see if you can still serve but right? you're, you've kind of been tainted maybe we'll send you off to the, the death watch there, and Mark you will be watched Closely, Mark is talking closely. about a different scenario. Mark no, is even, talking about a, a even that scenario. Well, that's, I think willing. that's the important point is that if it's someone who's like, I am going to secretly circumvent this team that I am on and I will make sure they run into ruin. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's why you have that psyker there probing their mind to make sure that they're not accepting these guys that are like I, clearly there to fuck you over. You're putting in a lot of effort for one guy, which personally I don't think is worth it, but for, for you totally might be. But like and and the thing is, and Astartes no, no is guy just, is showing up. No uh, space marine is showing up with tentacle arms no, to the Death Watch. No, 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 no. They no. would already have their bionic arms. Sure. At that point, like yeah. the Death Watch isn't being like, "Oh, bring your chaos team no, to no. us, and we'll no. take care and, of it." And that's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm just saying, like, it, it is up to the Watch Commander. It's up to the Watch Commander. And if you had a guy, a Chaos Space Marine, and he committed horrible things, and he's like, "I'm trying to change my life." Yeah. I think he would be allowed. So Karn. Because Karn could join it, the Death Watch. He has mental mutation, though. Like, he has the butcher's nails. There's nothing you can do about it. He's just a crazy psychopath. Like, there is still that line, of course. There's always that line. But... You may look at it in terms of motivation. Because if yeah. you had a Night Lord show up 
Yeah. And you're like, this guy murders to a insane degree. You may as a chapter say, well, we're the blood angels. We can kind of sympathize with the fact that maybe you lose control. And they may look at it from their own perspective. They invite him in and they go, this was a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a difference between uncontrollable bloodlust and murder. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just believe in change. I believe in the, the ability for somebody to change who they are. I think there At is. I think there's definitely a point of no return. And in 40k, I just don't think they take risks. I think. And like, Astartes is worth a risk, though. I don't. Absolutely, think so. they are such a rare commodity, man. That it is worth the risks. Absolutely. And absolutely, without a doubt, to me, an Astartes is worth the. But risk. But only an Astartes can make that call on another Astartes. I would argue oh, for the sure. for the captain. If oh, you, and then ultimately, it does well, come an, up an to the captain. Could in True. a heartbeat. Yeah. It's not like what? you're going to have, like, guardsmen, 3247th Division, who's like, man, I think that, uh, that Astarte should really join the Death Watch because he's looking a little crazy. No, like, no, like an Inquisitor could come on, like, reco- like if, if he for some reason found out your history, yeah. like, absolutely he supersedes the Watch Commanders. Yes, I don't absolutely. think he does, man. The, it, the Ordo Malleus no, is literally like... the Watchman for everyone. Oh, okay, if an Ordo Malleus, sure. Yes, of course. But they... if an Ordo Xenos one, I don't think so, man. I think that Watch oh, no, Commander no, 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 is no. going to stick up for In him. their own fortress, yes, the Watch Commander is king for that. But Ordo Malleus comes in, like, you have no control over that. It's that Imperial Rosette again. That's you, a, you can still say no to the, to the Inquisition if you're a Space Marine. We've you, talked about it many times. You can say no to the them. The more I read about the Inquisition, the, the less... The more you get twisted and you believe their propaganda. The less likely I believe Okay, here's space- my prime example. You ever heard of the Space Wolves? They fucking shot at the Inquisition. They killed hundreds of Inquisitors. They're fine. It's Who not would a big- win? The Inquisition or Space Wolves? The Space Wolves won. They got the Inquisition in a, in to back down. Army. They literally... Full, it doesn't matter. War. No, they got... Oh, in a full war? probably the Astartes would win because as soon as you take on the Space Wolves, sorry, you're now taking on the Ultramarines, you're taking on all the other Astartes. If they've determined that what they have is a mutation of the Gene Seed and it has psychic That's not the question, And all of a sudden the Ordo Malleus (laughs) shows up and the Grey Knights deal with what they need to deal with, the Space Wolves are getting destroyed. Because the Inquisition could requisition the other uh, legions and say, okay, Salamanders, okay, Iron Hands, okay. And they're going to be like, no, sorry. Everything is getting wiped out because the Mechanicus comes in and takes the loot. (laughs) This is a literal story in 40k that has happened where the Space Wolves stood up, killed a bunch of Inquisitors, and did not get reprimanded for it. And other Space Marines joined them? No. Because so they, they did, didn't. They also did not join the Inquisition. Well, did the Inquisition ask for their help? I'm sure they would have. Well, because well, they, they literally had Grey Knights yeah, shooting upon them. They had armies firing upon the, the Space Wolves. It's a whole big thing. And I they're tr- like... Sorry. Like, I truly believe that... I don't care what you believe. I'm telling you what has happened in the lore, kay. which can also set the pre- precedent for what else happens right, in yes. the lore. If a little part of the Inquisition gets into a conflict with the it entire chapters... a little so it was, part. It was it all, was, the, all it, the army that the Inquisition can bring to bear, which is all the Imperial navies and all the Imperial guards and the Sisters of Battle <laughs> and the Death Watch <laughs> and the Ordo Malleus. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. of that comes yeah, down, yeah. Space Wolves lose. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Thank you. But they don't. Because they didn't. Because it happened. Well, I don't and know this why. Is true. Look, I didn't write it. I don't know why. I don't know what the <laughs> reasons are. You didn't read the the whole story either. You read the the synopsis of it, right? As we do everything, uh, yeah. We get a sure. we get a piece of the information. But I also listen to hundreds of podcasts, man. Hundreds of hours of lore. Uh, it like all I'm saying. So you're saying a Space Marine chapter is more powerful than the Inquisition? Yes. And I fully disagree Absolute, on that. Depends on the chapter. If you're talking a founding legion, yes. 
I'm sorry, you fuck with one of them, like, they don't. They don't because they can't do anything about it. Like, they they tried to, to say that they were renegade. They tried to turn on the Space Wolves. It didn't work. It didn't take. <laughs> it didn't because, take. Because, you know, there's the whole, you know, Games Workshop's motivation. You know how many days it takes for a signal to get from the Space Wolves to another chapter if they're going to be, you know, turning on the Inquisition? 33. You're lying. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, anyways, that's, that's... Eric, I agree with you to some degree, but I disagree with you in another degree. <laughs> Two you things and, can be true me, at the same time. You and me are the exact same person. Yeah. Just different in many, many ways. No, you, you, You're literally cat dog. <laughs> cat dog. Cat dog. <laughs> Anywho. Um, black shields are fun. Um, They're without a doubt <laughs> one of the coolest things Yeah, about the Death Watch. Sure. So we talked about scraping off armor. Um, <laughs> chapter colors. But many people still display their colors. Proudly. Yes. Uh, you even, well... You even actually switched. But before we get into that, let's talk about uh, there was only ever one chapter uh-huh. that has... Um, I, and when I was reading this, I couldn't determine whether the chapter refused to give Space Marines to the Death Watch or if the Death Watch refused those Space Marines because of whatever reason. What chapter was it? I had no idea, actually. It didn't say. Because okay. the only one that I'm aware of is the Marines uh, Malevolent, which is a chapter the Death Watch will not work with, so they won't recruit any of them in. Okay. Because they... Super brutal. Uh, there was a story where they're involved with the uh, the salamanders, uh, and they like collateral damage. Like, uh, oh, we're gonna wayward shoot, and you know, sorry, Imperial Guard. Okay. But what happens is like when you have that much disc, uh, or when you have that much arrogance over the rest of humanity as a space marine, it shows that your your way of thinking has kind of elevated to a transhuman state, that you don't even think of yourself as human anymore. So there's kind of this fear of like, do we really want them working with us? Like, do we believe that they would be willing to lay down their life for a brother? Because do they view them as brothers, right? So mm-hmm. that's, I could definitely... The be, arrogance involved yeah. is... The, the one weird thing about that is there's plenty of chapters that are equally brutal that do join the Death Watch, like uh-huh. the the Carcharodons or shark, the Sharkadons. Uh, shark, shark <laughs> or also the, the Flesh Terrors are known to mm-hmm. just go in crazy rampages and kill Imperial Guardsmen, yet they're still in the Death Watch. So I'd be curious to see, like, what, what, what did they do that was actually... Well, Marines Malevolent didn't have a good PR team. They didn't have a good hype man. <laughs> yeah, right? like, they didn't have tabletop rules or a hero model. Yeah. So, yeah. They failed the morale test. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be interesting to know what exactly they did. Because it, can, it can't just be, oops, they open-fired onto some Imperial Guardsmen, intentionally even. Yeah. The but, only way we can shoot them is if we shoot through our own guys. <laughs> That's what armor-piercing bullets are for, to shoot through squishy humans. <laughs> Human-piercing bullets are all bullets. Um, but that just shows an example of the Death Watch actually refusing service yeah. to a Marine. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about... Because some Watch Commanders, they ha- they allow different people into their fortresses. Some will allow... Oh, this just shows that Marines aren't nearly as uh, important as you think they are. <laughs> and that they are more than willing to refuse service ah, to a Marine. Two different viewpoints. Equally <laughs> right. Uh, let's talk about what happens when you actually join the Death Watch. Um, so normally you wear your chapter symbol on your left pauldron and you wear your heart on your sleeve. <laughs> you wear well, your, yeah. your, you <laughs> he's wear, not wrong. No, he's not. Uh, you wear your, your squad marking on your right shoulder. Yeah. That's the standard, what you'd see on a regular Marine. Um, when you go to join the death watch, you actually paint all your armor completely black. 
you move your chapter symbol from the left to the right side. Um, your left becomes the symbol of the Inquisition, the eye of yeah. Malkador Sigilite, yeah. and your entire left arm is painted silver in order to not um, disturb the machine spirit. Yeah. And uh, some people <laughs> might be wondering, well, what about squad markings? Like, because they remove their mm. squad markings. Um, like, the Death Watch squads are very flexible. Like, you might be with this guy one day and this guy the next. Like, they're super flexible. They, and they constantly it's mission try, to mission. Yeah. They try and, try and get as much variation in each kill yeah. team as possible because they don't want five Ultramarines working together yeah. because they'll all think like Ultramarines. Yeah. Meet, meet different threats as they emerge. You yeah, need different absolutely. ways of thinking. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they don't have squad markings. Cause, and even, like, when the Death Watch are deployed, it's, like, five guys. It's like, okay, are you five in a squad? It's like, yeah, we're, the, we're the only no. five here. <laughs> no, we are not. So, yeah, but uh, one thing I, I, I would like to see happen with uh, their color scheme is I wish they did their entire arm their chapter color. So they had an entire silver arm and an entire blue arm. Huh. Instead of just the shoulder. Of, yeah. Just because with just the black it armor, it doesn't... I don't know. Black armor is so tough to paint. Like, huh. so tough to make look good. But this would add just, like, a flash of color to all them, and it just looked... It would be a lot of color, though, compared to what you're used to seeing. One arm's not yeah. not the biggest deal, but that's all. <laughs> you can always paint it with one arm. Oh, absolutely. And you could come up with a reason for it, right? Oh, and it wouldn't even be heretical at all. There's yeah. no big well, deal. I'm just a saying, little heretical. I'm just saying people should start doing this. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, Mark, are your Death Watch guys painted a shoulder or an arm? Um, depends on the ones I'm going to do or the ones <laughs> I've done. <laughs> I, I'm more thinking of the ones you've done. Because I stay true to the Codex Astartes, okay? <laughs> even though it hurts my soul, I do it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so that that's their armor. <laughs> um, now, we did have something we were going to talk about in the armor. Is that coming later, Marcus? Yeah, much later. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so we'll talk about their organization. So we know how Death Watch joined the, the... Or, sorry, how Astartes joined the Death Watch. Then what happens to them? Obviously, they have a hierarchical branch or whatever, an organization that way. So at the very top uh, is the Watch Commander. And he's that guy who is on uh, Tessaro Prime. Talisar. Talisar Prime. And, uh, yeah, he, he basically is the chapter master, essentially. He runs all of it. And the interesting thing is, he's not from the Death Watch, right? He no. comes from a different chapter. Yeah. Um, the very first one is Asgar Warfist of the Space Wolves, and he was the very first commander. Which, yeah, okay, sure, interesting. Back in uh, M32? Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if he's mentioned in the, uh, War, of the Beast? War of the Beast. He must be. Yeah, because... That's where it was created. Yeah, so. exactly. Maybe he was one of the first ones that did the uh, the orc attack, or who knows? The, the orc moon. moon. Yeah. yeah. But underneath that, we have watchmasters. And a watchmaster is in charge of a watch fortress. And uh, a watch fortress will house a bunch of different squads, but we're talking, like, we're not talking hundreds of marines in a watch fortress. We're talking maybe a hundred. Yeah, a hundred Marines, but also that includes chaplains, librarians, masters of the forge, all these other um, things. Like, yeah, a yeah. bunch of like side things, like munitions, yeah. like ships, yeah. um, tanks, everything that they might need. It's it's like a yeah. We'll, we'll talk about watch. It's, fortresses it's a big and, armory. Yeah, uh, under them you have watch captains, and they're in charge of watch stations, which are usually a lot smaller. And we'll talk more about them later. But they'll be in charge of usually just one or two kill teams, kind of just as the threat arrives, they'll be in charge of them. So 
one of the specialty ranks in that that's kind of the higher ups um these kind the rest of the ranks are kind of all equal to a sense they just perform different full roles it, it, exactly and like you you might even honor some more than the others but that's where you that's who you get your orders from like if you're in the death watch and a chaplain orders you to do something you might not have to do it you'd go check with your watch captain first just like in a normal space marine chapter like obviously if it's in the heat of battle and he's like go take that hill maybe that's a different sure. story but like the the chaplain's not sending you out on missions yeah exactly yeah. um so one of the unique ranks that the death watch have they're called keepers and uh the, the interesting thing about them is they actually serve for life and uh what they do is they have access to all of the knowledge of the death watch like all the data crypts and also like they have access to the watch fortresses watch stations uh like armory or tech keep that holds like all these crazy xenos relics and like we've talked about some xenos relics some of them like destroy entire suns and galaxies like these guys are making sure no one else is looking at them and uh yeah they basically wander the watch fortress guarding these or going out on missions to collect more xenos relics and uh yeah like you if you if you want to go into one of these xenos relic vaults you have to talk to them like even inquisitors can't go into these death watch vaults without the keeper's permission uh i don't think they let anyone in i think the watch commander is the one who determines that like yeah the inquisitor has to go to the watch commander and get their permission yeah. and then the like keeper it, it all kind of yeah. yeah and then the keeper would actually take them to exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like it all kind of funnels through the the top three commander positions watch positions but um so as per normal uh space marines you have all your kind of variations you have your chaplains you have your librarians you got your forge masters like your tech priests the, the thing to know about all of these things is that like sure you're a tech priest but you're actually the best tech priest yeah exactly and you might even not even be like uh a soldier at this point you might even just be making all the special xenos or not xenos all the special uh xenos, xenos killing. killing yes that nice, was what i was gonna nice. say that's what we're gonna save. save xenos <laughs> killing weapons like they're gonna be making like up. the hellfire rounds for your yeah. bolters and stuff like that. because everything that they use is so crazy that yeah. it just requires that much more knowledge yeah or they might be the ones like hacking into a xenos mainframe to get their knowledge um Chaplains also have a very unique role because they actually have to know a thousand chapters lore, or at the very least, everyone who is in their watch station. Yeah, exactly. So they have to know all the rituals, how to drink the blood with the blood angels, how to sex with a wolf if you're a space wolf, of you course, know, yes. how to honor Gilliman if you're an ultraman. They have to know all these rituals. Yeah. And For someone uh, who loves Wikipedia, that must be like the most ultimate, like, yes, <laughs> I know everything. <laughs> you think there's like a Wikipedia for in like the 41st millennium? I don't know if they ever really mention any type of like internet-y type like mm. the like it's very like archaic with like scrolls and actual yeah, the yeah. scrolls the Vox is effectively kind of a more high-tech radio. Yeah, the closest exactly. thing is the, the the new sphere which you're able to like glean data from around the world but it's mm. not a transference of data. Yeah, and it's not like galactic either. No, it would be like, world to world. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, so you got all your kind of other things. You got champions and all those kind of typical things. Um the one thing that they do have, though, are called kill teams. And we've kind of talked about this. This is your standard squad. So this is what you'd call a squad of five to ten guys is a kill team. And they are made up of kill marines. Um, <laughs> which is... Which use like, kill guns. Well, And so, no kill armor. So When they, they go into kill combat. <laughs> and they kill fight. I, I, I make this distinction because there are times where you will just send a kill marine out to go do a mission. He might go scout... Uh, 
a colony that is rumored to be inspect or infested by gene steel occultists and they just need one guy to go out there and to inspect it so it's just like a kill marine like, yeah not it's not yeah. a kill team yeah. no no it's not a kill uh, team. but the interesting thing about kill teams is that they are not permanent at all no like they can vary so much it will probably be permanent for the mission for the mission but after for that the then yeah because like they they get their mission they're like okay we need to go do x uh these four space marines, these five space marines are going to be the best at that task. Gather them. Barging through a door, you know, uh, yeah. being able to use heavy weapons uh, where we're expecting a large field of fire, uh, being able to maneuver stealthily into a certain location. Yeah. It's it's So Space Wolves, Blood Angels, Dark Angels, and there's one more. What's your last example? Of Loyalist chapters or? Yeah. I'm just, you're saying <laughs> scenarios, and I'm saying the chapter that best ah, suits it. Uh, oh. You know, I watch Commandering right now. Yes, of course. Yeah. So he said barging through a door, Space Wolves. Ah, interesting. Obviously. Um, <laughs> okay. Using a heavy's weapon in a large field. Now, obviously, most people would think salamanders, you know, big fields of flame, right? <laughs> well, but, that could also be good for rooting out in close quarters. Absolutely. But I personally, I just chose the Blood Angels for that. There's For no, heavy weapons. For no reason. Interesting. Other than the fact that it doesn't make sense. No, it's, it's poor, close combat. But, oh, poor. Oh, okay. And then Watch the next Commander one was Eric Dark is. Angels. I don't remember why. And then it didn't matter what you were going to say as your last one. It was going to be Black Templar. Because <laughs> mm, so, they're, they're good at all. Right, exactly. Riding Harleys, you know. <laughs> White Templar. scars. Like, hmm. Black Templar. <laughs> That's the only one. Yeah, so they they draw guys from their their recruitment or whatever, and they they make these kill teams or whatever for missions. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, really was cool a couple years ago was so the Death Watch didn't get a codex until like two thousand sixteen, I think. Seventh. Yeah. Okay. They had rules before that, but it wasn't a full codex. But was it all in like white dwarf stuff? Yeah, it was. It was one white white dwarf in like two thousand four chapter approved type okay. thing, and it was just one squad. It was basically just a tactical squad that had preferred enemies, Xenos. So it was Did, it, they didn't even have like special ammunition or anything. I think they might. Yeah, they had special ammunition as well. But gotcha. where a lot of the best Death Watch lore comes from is the Fantasy Flight RPG game that yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about, yeah. and in that you can literally. Like to that, I hold that above the gate uh, above the Games Workshop's lore personally, just because it seems way more flexible and way more like this seems way more Death Watchy. Exactly. Like I I get it. Like Games Workshop has to make a feasible army that's balanced for other ones, have a unique role, all that kind of stuff. But when you're talking like uh, kill teams in Fantasy Flight games, you could have a kill team with like a tech marine, a librarian, and maybe just one heavy bolter guy uh-huh. uh like well you can't really do that in the codex for obvious reasons right yeah they don't want every kill team to have a psyker with smite ability exactly it's story being built out of game context because 40k really is about let's throw a big number on the table whereas you when you're creating yeah. an intimate setting of characters exactly they all have different motivations that, and ways and exactly of that's why it's ultimately the best setting to to role play yeah. in is death watch yes as a space marine as a space they're yeah. all balanced in terms of a a, a gameplay standpoint yeah. so if you've picked up the new wrath and glory and you want to play uh warhammer uh rpg a great example say okay everyone wants to be on a similar playing field because you know if, if you've got the four imperial guard and then you've got the one space marine oh yeah. he's got a big dick lore <laughs> would dictate that he's probably going to be your bruiser your tank in yeah. every confrontation yeah but uh yeah like I, I just like fantasy flight versions of kill teams way more. Because, mm-hmm. like, even like you said, 
Games Work or 40k tabletop. It's about big armies clashing. You're not supposed to have a big army of Death Watch. You're supposed to have a small elite one-man squad, maybe two, go and do a goal. They're great as an added detachment, exactly. lore-wise. But you know, if if you've got a bunch of Corvus Black scalpel. Star, yes, yeah, yeah. So that's all. Um, yeah. I just I, really like the the individuality yeah, of as, fantasy flight games. As much as I. Dis- I did not like a lot of the game aspects of Fantasy Flight games. It set a really cool place yeah. for you to play yeah. in. Uh-huh. And that was appreciated by yeah. me, definitely. All right, so now we kind of know who's in Watch Fortresses and Watch Stations. Let's talk about uh, the actual Watch Fortress. A Watch Fortress is bigger than a Watch Station, uh, but it's basically like, think of any chapter fortress. It's a fully self-sustaining fortress with heavy weapons on it, fully defensible, um, but unfortunately they're rare and, uh, they're not as common. Are like, they very mobile? Like, is this? No, no. Uh, like, well, maybe like you could have a watch fortress on a battle barge uh-huh. or you could have one dug into a mountain somewhere. Like it all kind of uh-huh. depends. Uh-huh. Um, but they are rare. And this is but, where they keep the pits that they're throwing aliens into yes. for the inquisition. I'm <laughs> uh, no, I oh, don't that's think because right, they're the, death watch is going to be. Far more Puritan in their outlook to aliens, like shoot them dead. Yeah, Inquisition's more like. Whoa. Yeah. Plus, plus the Inquisition too. They have their own stations and stuff. Like, Ye- like I think if an Inquisitor, I don't know. I always go back to like I think if an Inquisitor wants to go into a Watch Fortress, like you have to ask permission. Mm. Like, they're going to say yes because you're an Inquisitor, but you still have to ask. There's that fine line. Like an Inquisitor can't just go march into the Ultramarines' throne room. Well, it's because there are in each chapter a sacred space. Exactly. That, that you as a player or uh, you're forming your narrative, you actually kind of want that to yourself. Like, I freely admit, as a Mechanicus player, <laughs> I love the idea of never having to accept the Inquisition anywhere near my stuff. <laughs> you, yeah, you're one of the ones that can actually say, yeah, no, 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 not a chance. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think, yeah, there is that fine line. So Watch Fortresses are, are not like an Ordo Xenos thing. They're a Death Watch thing. Mm-hmm. And they'll even house astropaths and navigators and like... The tools they need to conduct their Everything. They'll have full armories with hundreds of vehicles in all the ammunition they need. And they'll also hold like any type of Xenos. They might have some like Xenos prisoner cells there. They probably would. Um, but I don't think that's where the Inquisitor is personally like torturing Xenos, you know? Yeah. Uh, underneath them, we have watch stations, and they're way, way more common, but they have way less uh, resources and firepower. Um, usually, there'll be like, I know a couple episodes ago, we joked about a guy orbiting a moon, watching a, an up and coming Xenos race or whatever. Like, they're usually like small little bunkers almost that can hold just maybe a handful of guys. And uh, oftentimes, they're even abandoned, like, they're not a permanent thing. So you could have you could set up a watch station to watch this Xenos race that is uh, developing like nuclear technology, mm. and you're like, oh shit, they did it. Then you deploy that squad to go mm-hmm. wipe out the whole mm-hmm. race. Mm-hmm. But it's not like an actively you're always there. You're like they're constantly changing, adding more. It's not a permanent thing essentially. Mm-hmm. They are there to watch. Yeah, exactly. A watch station as opposed to a watch fortress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are kind of the two primary things and yeah like that was a good point like uh are they mobile like yeah like you could have a watch station that is on a strike cruiser like you know 
So it's a name for how they're deploying their yeah, utility. Exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's more yeah, exactly. It's more of a term mm-hmm. that covers a wide variety of yeah. things. Now I, I did not know a lot about the like the locations where they set them up. It seems kind of like a mobile circus of like let's grab different people together, let's pull together these forces. It's yeah, it's highly militaristic. It, for anyone who loves special forces and the idea of let's take a tactical team and deploy, yeah. this is pretty cool. I think oh, yeah. also the fantasy of playing this army is also that same tactical because what do they have? Yeah, they've got cool toys, lots of cool toys. So. The, the most common thing that people think about for cool toys for the Death Watch is their special issue ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know kind of what a bolter is. It's a semi-automatic grenade launcher, essentially. Big shells. Big shells. I think it's like a forty-five caliber or something like that. <laughs> but um, there's different types of bolters, different types of bolts. And uh, some are made to literally shoot out five feet from your gun, then explode and mm-hmm. shoot like flame out. Some are made out of acid, so when it comes in contact with like a a bio human bio biomass biomass, it it just degrades it. Some um, are like highly armor piercing. Some can shoot farther. They have a thousand different types. I was gonna say, are we listing all of them? There's side bolts. There's hellfire <laughs> rounds. There's kraken rounds. There's bolts for cover. There's and yep, armor. Those are hellfire. Now some have words written on them that say "suffer the Xenos not to live." Uh, yes. Some yes. say yes. the only Xenos is a dead Xenos. <laughs> some say, you know, knock knock <laughs> as it comes through the door. But yes, like every Death Watch member will have special issue ammunition. They're fighting tyranny they're going to be using the right ammunition for the right job. Yeah. Um, another thing that they do is they, they are known to use Xenos technology. Um, they have those phase swords. They have all types of fun stuff. <laughs> but they get all up in arms when a simple Forge hey. <laughs> world is shifting through reality. Like I said, you know, you don't let children play with the oven. I'm going to go home and cook a pizza. It's bad parenting. That's what it is. <laughs> bad parenting, <laughs> yes. Do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so your official stance on children using the oven is go for it. Is that what I'm getting out of No, this? I just think your, your parents should have let you crawl into it. <laughs> Oh, roasted! For all you know, they did. <laughs> they they were. Uh, it didn't take. Very uh, didn't take. My what other, what other uh, special uh, special toys do they have? Um. So another very interesting one is called a clavis, and there's only two people in the watch fortresses or stations uh, that can use them, and they're the watch captain or watch master, and also the keeper. And what it is, it's a wrist device that you put on your wrist. Because it's a wrist device. And oh! <laughs> quit putting it on your ankle. It's not an anklet. It's a wristlet. Instructions unclear. <laughs> Dick Cotton we, fan. We, we lost the uh, the instructions for this STC. We don't know where you're supposed to put it. What do you think fits best? Starts taking pants off. No, 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 no. This face means Dick. Dick is big enough for that. Exactly. That's what I mean. I pistol. Okay. One so in five men, Colin. One in five men. What is a clavis? Um, what is a, a clavis? clavis? No. What is a clavis? Is this a, like a spear, a halberd? No, no, no. Oh, it's, it's that attaches to the arm and nope. javelins people? <laughs> well, it is now. Okay. Uh, no, it, it's a wrist-mounted device that the main thing it does is allows you access into anywhere in the watch, watch fortress. The keepers have it, so when... Uh, yeah, when they want to allow yeah. someone access to their secret tech crypt rooms, yeah. data stuff, they can let them in through using yeah. the clavis. So it's a tool. It's a tool. Yeah. Yes. The, the other big thing is, like you said, it it's is a, big a tool. Dick tool, okay? <laughs> big dick tool. It is actually very advanced and can run a whole bunch of decryption technologies. 
So if you're trying to hack something, mm-hmm. it can run a whole bunch of these algorithms, and it has a super smart AI. Tons of RAM. Well, Tons it, no, of it doesn't. RAM. It doesn't have an AI. No, no, no. It has a very strong spirit. I don't even know if it has a spirit. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, <laughs> but yeah it, it, it's highly technologically. Another thing that it's said to do stuff. is that it. Um, Oh, it reads your vital signs like even more so than your regular power armor does. And yeah. I don't know why it specifies that. I, I think one reason Oh, it reads yours, not yes. others. It reads like it it's so like you put it on your wrist, but it like injects into you. Like it locks onto oh, you. I think maybe because that's how they unlock all the doors in their fortress. So it just through it, like bio. It verifies. Isn't that it, just the yeah. wristlet thing from Predator? Like the beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. It's just like pretty does much. All, yeah. everything. It's it controls your shoulder mounted cannon. It controls yeah. <laughs> your ship. It controls. So so one more thing I'll, I'll mention too about the clavis um, is it's predominantly known on keepers and in fantasy F- flight games. It was only on keepers. Unfortunately, we don't have keepers in 40k tabletop. They're not a unit. They're not a hero. They're they're nothing. It's more of just like a rank. It's not even a rank. They. I don't. Think, I know, but like I, I mean, in the think, story, in the story, it's. Yeah, a rank. I don't even know if they mention keepers in the codex. In the codex, it's possible, and that's why they put it on the watch commander because it used to only be a keeper object. Gotcha. And then they put it on the watch commander because they wanted a model that had it. Yeah, but. Who knows why they didn't include keepers? Yeah, or maybe they did, but it's definitely not anywhere pr- like prominent. Gotcha. The um, other the other word for clavis is also key. Yes, the original like old Roman or Latin. Yes, I believe. but it also that's just a translation. It also means shackle. So you're getting all of this responsibility. Well, because that you're being keepers, trapped to, and that you they now serve have for to life. Use. The keepers serve, serve for life. life. Like yeah. yeah, shackle absolutely. Um, you have access the to the only all good these keeper p- is a dead keeper. No one that never <laughs> stops serving. Right. Okay. Sorry. I'm getting my mantras mixed up here. <laughs> uh, the next very important uh, <laughs> artifact <laughs> is the skull of Brantor. This does not seem as important. What is it the skull is, of Brantor? Well, Brantor was a very great man. I think he was on our last episode, even. <laughs> no. Well, so, no. Mark's brother's name is Brant. Oh, and we okay. joke we joke about how he has a broken body because yeah. he's broken it so many times <laughs> and in so many places. Yeah. So we just need the Death Watch finally turned up. They found his crippled corpse. Yeah. They turned him into a servo skull, and uh, it's very useful. It yeah. can fly. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm on board. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it was like a famous. It was a really good space. Yeah. Marine somehow or this little servo skull got famous enough to have an artifact. To become an well, he may have been famous before he became no, a servo no, skull. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, he, he was so good that they turned him into a servo skull. But like out of everything, I think it's the only like servo skull that I've ever seen like a name put, and a legacy. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. has a legacy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's fun. Uh, the other really big thing that most people know that the Death Watch have is the Corvus Black Star. Yes. So sweet. It's literally known to be the only 40k flyer that can actually fly. You got to play the music from Aliens for this, for the dropship, because this <laughs> thing looks wild. It's really yeah, cool. It's sweet. It's probably, yeah, it's really cool. It's very sleek looking. It, it almost looks like a, uh, like, a, what are the stealth bombers called? U2? B-52s? B-52 stealth bombers. Like, it's black. It has, like, a lot of these sharp angles on it, and it has, like... It's not just a regular plane shape, although it looks like it can fly. It has like this unique. It's tail pretty front body. heavy, though. Yeah, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like a fuselage with like wings in the center. Like it, no. it, it almost all is wing. Yeah, it kind of it makes me think of like a 
torpedo almost but like like think like a um a stick grenade yeah how it's like heavy on one front end and then thinner all the way down yeah mm-hmm. that's what i think of when i see yeah. them um but yeah so but i don't think that does it justice no. <laughs> you should go take us go look, look at a torpedo and hop, yeah, on exactly. a grenade. hop on to uh gamesworkshop.com buy 15 of them because you're gonna want to as soon as you see yeah, yeah. They're, they're sweet i got two of them no oh boy <laughs> um they they're used they're heavily armed with weapons they got las cans assault cans all these fun type weapons but they can also uh unload i think 12 marines they can hold 12 mm-hmm. marines or, which makes complete sense because yeah. kill teams run in units of five to ten and then a hero sometimes like a librarian or something but uh yeah like they're they can hold guys so here's the fun fact about them yes so you can fit a space marine on a bike mm-hmm inside one of these things yeah just drive off the back loading dock yeah yeah you can fit 11 of them no no i think it counts as five i think you can have like two or something i I don't remember the exact number Mm -hmm. however you Mm -hmm. cannot fit a primaris marine Mm -hmm. inside (laughs) so that's fun oh my yeah until the new primaris uh you know black star uh is released uh, (laughs) later this uh, year (laughs) but yeah like it's their main drop ship they used it to get somewhere really quick stealthily and like I said, it has a huge payload, so it can just annihilate the landing zone, drop them in, pick them up. You know, you've all seen a f- action movie with... We've all seen Attack of the Clones. Tactical sure. drop. Woof, woof. <laughs> That's We've all of, seen Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Uh, so, Eric, you liked this one a lot. Oh, it was really cool when I was reading it. Um, so, a kill ship is another completely... <laughs> completely Death Watch kind of thing. Does, it, are, ki- does it kill fly? You are going to like this one, Colin. I don't know if you read it. Mm. Um, so this is a relic weapon, this, oh, this kill ship. I'm um, on board. It is a completely autonomous drone ship run by the most sophisticated of war spirits. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking like an AI. That's it. it. Or it has some pre-programmed functions that uh, are not fully... Because there's a difference between conscience and sentience, the but keep going, keep going. The most sophisticated of war spirit. It is very sophisticated, but it is a war spirit. Beloved war spirit. <laughs> Anyways, so um, what the purpose of the kill ship is to conduct an exterminatus through a lethal payload. And I'm sure we've all seen a sci-fi movie where they're like... Do the slingshot maneuver. You know, you enter like the gravity, you accelerate towards the planet, you spin around it, and you use like the momentum you gain to exit. But the, then you overshot, you right, gotta do obviously. Scratch, you but, gotta enter the parachute. So what, these, what this entire kill ship does is it's loaded with this massive lethal payload. It does the slingshot maneuver, goes in, drops its payload, and then all it leaves behind is the burning crisp of its enemies. Yeah. And just in case it wasn't already going. 20 billion miles per second <laughs> it is also equipped with long lost cloaking technology which is yeah. pretty rare in the imperium uh, yeah like yeah. a cloaking technology yeah. absolutely is yeah. very very rare so yeah like this thing will f- sling into the galaxy or into the sector blow up a planet and be gone you, and won't, you even, won't even see it you won't see it on radar you yeah. won't see it on per it, yeah you just see your planet explode You're like hmm. But, uh, so it, it it's very interesting that it's a completely autonomous thing. Yeah, yeah And it yeah. doesn't even sound like it doesn't have to be. It's not like it's doing a kamikaze. No, no, yeah. Like it, right? Yeah. It's, it seems odd to me that they would say it's completely autonomous, but I like it. Yeah. I like how crazy it is. Like there's yeah. nothing else. Like Grey Knights don't use something like this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Why? Why? Rise why? and bear witness to this incredible <laughs> machine. <laughs> All right. The, the last interesting thing about the Death Watch Armory is uh, my conspiracy that I have for the Mark IX and power I, I armor. have hmm. been convinced. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have not heard this. It's good. Okay, so 
Here's what you need to do before Mark does Regular this. Regular Astartes. Pull up two pictures <laughs> side by side. Yes, okay. Three pictures. Three pictures. One okay. is going to be the new uh, Primaris Death Watch. Um, Just even armor? Primaris Marines. Okay. But specifically Death Watch. Doesn't have to be. Fine. But it should be. Yes. Doesn't have to be. Any Primaris armor will do. Okay. Pull up Mark 8 Errant armor. Looking. It's the regular armor okay, that's pulling it up. Yeah, he's pulling yeah. it up. But it's the armor that everyone's used to seeing on old Space Marines. Mm, it's on the heroes, usually. It's It has the collar piece. Like the regular armor is Mark 7 Aquila. Okay, oh, okay. sure. Mark, it's called the collar. Mark, Mark 8 is usually reserved for like heroes and uh, stuff who have, proved, who have proven themselves. Okay. They get a little better armor. So I'm looking at uh, the Mark 8 Errant. It has a very high collar. Yeah. Um, which is its most definable feature. Yeah. Whereas the Primaris Captain specifically has that same sort uh, of. Don't don't drum. look at the captains because that's Gravis armor. Okay. But it, yeah. it, okay, but just yeah. the the stereotypical one that yeah. you'll see on a cardboard cutout standing in front of a games workshop still yeah. has a bit of a higher collar on yeah. it. So here's my com- conspiracy. For some reason, Games Workshop went from Mark Eight Power Armor to Mark Nine Power or Mark Ten Power, which is armor, Primaris, which no, is Primaris eight, Armor. Eight, eight does precede Nine. No, 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 eight to ten. It, it went eight to ten. Eight it, is errant. Ten is primary. And it doesn't even they don't they don't have a nine. Yeah, nine doesn't reason. exist. There is no mark nine. There is no so nine. Now pull up a picture of a regular Death Watch squad, like regular mer- Space Marine. Death yeah, Watch just squad? regular. Okay, your typical kill team. Um, so I believe that this, they also have a very high collar. Yeah, uh, I believe that this armor is actually mark nine power armor. They have more venting. Okay. Uh, the big things are if you look at the errant. And then you look at the primaries. There's a couple key differences between them. One of the things is the ankle joints. If you look at them, they're like a bald ankle joint. In the primaris one. In but the they primaris are not one. there in yeah. the errant. But then if you look at the Death Watch guys, they have that ankle joint. They mm-hmm. also have the pads on the side of the hips, which the primaris have, and the errant doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is just the collar piece. So The other thing that I notice is that the errant armor is actually quite wide in how it looks. Yes. Like the chest, the chest piece, feels fuller, like it, and it feels detached from the midsection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you look at the Primaris and the Death Watch, it actually looks much more of a solid piece. Yeah. Do you think that this was an attempt by Honestly, for true no scale idea. in regards to the models themselves? Oh. For the Death Watch guys. Well, for well we know that uh, the, the the recent what what was it? It was the um, uh, Eldrad box set where he's uh, fighting off against the uh, Death Watch. We know yeah. that there's been the scale creep in terms of yeah, model yeah. size, so that this does actually that upper body torso extension does kind of fulfill that purpose of getting a little bit closer to Primaris. A, a little bit, but okay. it's definitely like if you put them beside a Space Marine and beside a Primaris Marine, they're going to be way closer to the the Space Marine, uh-huh. like infinitely closer. But uh, yeah, so I. Oh, oh, the other big thing is they have the Death Watch squads have a computer pad on their wrists. Mm-hmm. Same with the Primaris Marines. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the fabled lost Mark Nine armor. Mm. I don't know. Doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, it's kind of it, cool. Yeah, it's just why why would Games cool. Workshop go from eight to ten? Right. It makes I know no why. <laughs> I know but, all things. Yeah. But no, it, um, it's an interesting thing. Go yeah. take a look. It actually is quite similar when you really start poking at it, but it's clearly not like Primaris armor. Yeah. Um, so I guess we have 20 minutes to get through some things. Do we want to do some notable deeds or answer questions? 
Uh, great deeds. We can do really quickly. Okay, do them real quick. All right. So a lot of this is going to come through our um, minor Xenos. So the, we had one where we talked about the Thunder Lord, which was um, it was a massive spectral energy being. It used to be a race, but then there was just one, and it fed off of the sacrifice of thousands of individuals. And uh, a kill team was sent to destroy it, but only one returned with its shattered crystal heart. And to this day... It still rings? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it's shattered, probably, still. But it's just, it was this massive being that subsisted off the light, the sacrifice of thousands of others, and just five marines went and killed it, and one came back. So, yeah. just a, it's a cool fight to think about. Yeah. Um, the other one we have is a Mulari. Uh, these are the guys who were exterminated by the Death Watch, an ancient spacefaring race with knowledge spanning the entire galaxy. And um, the Death Watch killed the entire race, and then took their library, burned it, ground it all to ashes, and shot it into a star. As one does. As one does. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's the Death Watch being like, fuck you, we don't need <laughs> yeah. your knowledge. And it just shows their power, too. Like, they, they wipe out entire races. There's another story that we couldn't find, but uh, basically they sent five Death Watch to a planet, and it was like these tunnel-dweller planet rat people. Who knows what they describe them as. But they end up wiping out the entire planet. Like, Five guys. Five guys did. They went to the planet, wiped out the entire planet. Job well done. Yeah, like, these guys are the best of the best of the best. And that's what we should be communicating yeah. to you. They yeah. do their job well. Colin, read one of the stories that you wrote here. Okay. Maybe two of them. If you can ramble. Ramble! I've seen you ramble. Go for it. Okay, so, uh, number 33. Uh, game <laughs> prompts. So, when we're talking about, like, why... What is the what is the power fantasy of playing the Death Watch? Why would you want to add this as a detachment? Why would you want Big to dick. play this? biggest <laughs> definitely bigger than marks the, what you that do doesn't is, take much no it does not uh, what we have is that maybe you have a uh, inquisitor unknown to his own forces maybe they have been um, you know uh, maybe he has been corrupted by a gene stealer and that is why you have a inquisitor fighting against other forces of the imperium we see a lot of uh, imperium on, on imperium battles because well that's the models that are very you know frequented bought by the community yeah so maybe you have a uh, Inquisitor or a Death Watch team who suspect that there has been some sort of alien taint in an ar army, so that's why yeah. they're going after it. Yeah. Uh, you could also have, uh, like we talked about the tropes before, Death Watch versus a big monster. Maybe they're going up against demons. And or that Thunderlord or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Thunder, Thunder, Thunderlord. Or you've got, hey, look, Tyranids, they are just... It's Starship Troopers. Come on. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> fewer things more joyous than shooting skeet of <laughs> tons of aliens. Um, shooting skeet, skeet, skeet. Yeah, interesting choice of words. Mm -hmm. uh, or you are uh, fighting over alien tech in alien ruins on an alien world. The most basic uh, tabletop setting, if you want to pick up some uh, alien trees or the uh, Eldar Webway Gate, it's an old, forgotten alien planet. I yeah. like Personally, I think it would be so awesome to be like an Imperium player. Not like a Guard player or a Space Marine player or a Grey Knight player, mm -hmm. Death yeah, Watch, like, but... Like, if you were playing like an epic and you could actually include factions yes. from everything. Yeah, you're like, okay, so I have a 2,000-point army, so 1,000 points of that, or 1,500 points is going to be guard, Yeah, right? I'm going to split that between tanks or depending on the regiment you're doing. Yeah. But then, like, I'm also going to take, like, a tiny little patrol of Death Watch because we're mm -hmm. fighting um, Xenos, yeah. right? And then the next game you're fighting, like, Chaos, so you're like, okay, there's going to be some Grey Knights, and at the end of it, the Grey Knights yeah. are going to murder all the guard. Yeah, that would be cool. Right, like, it, I think it would be so cool to play that. Everyone has walked away from your table. You're literally rolling dice against yourself, having <laughs> your, your Grey Knights eliminate your own guard. <laughs> Death Watch or uh, Games Workshop's like, we closed an hour ago. Can you please leave? No, no. <laughs> this must be done. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be cool. It, 
yeah. It's so much you'd more have to play flavor. Like, yeah, you'd have to play really big games, unfortunately, but it, it is cool. Yes, because the, the scale of which you would take a Space Marine, like, to a guard is yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you need an entire army of guard before you'd start playing in the Death Watch. But you could still theme it pretty of good. Of course. Yeah. But, yeah, and I really cool. like that that theme that the Imperium gives. Like, it's yeah. it's one of the only ones, maybe Eldar allows you to do this with their, like, different aspects, but well, not, the, not even as well. You can have Dark Eldar and Eldar together. You could. No, but I think and you're talking Eldar. about, like, uh, Howling Banshees plus Fire Dragons, yes, like, like depending sort of on the scenario you're yeah. trying oh, to do. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it, it allows it for cool. it, but the Imperium is just built for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Let's, uh, in the last little bit here, let's go to some listener questions that we got from Facebook. Um, Logan asks, if a Marine dies in the Watch, who does his gene seed go to? His original chapter or the Watch? Hmm. Sorry, read that again. Where does a gene seed go to when they die? Oh, oh, it goes to the original chapter. The reason the watch doesn't want it is because they have no recruitment process using yeah. gene seed. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Oh, one thing we never mentioned that they have is they have apothecaries. Oh, of course. You have to have apothecaries. Yeah, you gotta we, dig that gene seed out well, somehow. Yeah, well, exactly. Like having said that, yeah. Like, yeah. And also of the course, that's an oversight. <laughs> yeah. Also, apothecaries have like the, the task of like uh, dissecting new xenos and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of more... For the emperor. For fun. <laughs> but yeah. For fun and profit. After they're done the nine stages of interrogation. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely it goes back to the death or to the original founding chapter. Absolutely. Uh, Elliot asks, how often would a whole army be needed versus just a squad? The Death Watch army doesn't assemble. Yeah, so mm. like we kind of talked about it. Like it like usually you have five to ten. Yeah. They are treated tactically size wise but if you wanted to say hey here is my 2000 points of death watch so here's the thing where it comes down to there's nothing saying the death watch is not allowed exactly to go together as one but i don't think they would ever see the uh, maybe another war the beast comes and they it's like okay everyone now death watch yeah but so yeah uh, on this it brings a good question up too that i just thought of is how many death watch do we think there actually is in the Un- galaxy. A- absolutely unknown. There's, it, it there's is no number. Absolutely unknown. There's no number on wash stations. There's no yeah. number on watch fortresses. There's yeah. no number on kill teams. Yeah. So. But like, you can kind of almost guess. It has to be a full chapter's worth. Minimum. I, I would minimum. say more than a full chapter's worth because yeah. they are spanning an entire galaxy. They are. And like, if even one Marine from every chapter goes and joins the Death Watch, you have a full chapter. Yeah. And guarantee you, like, there could be even a hundred ultramarines in the death watch throughout the entire galaxy. Cause the ultramarines will then just recruit a hundred more guys. Like, yes, exactly. But, uh, so minimum a thousand, but like, honestly, if, if there is even 10,000 of that these guys, that wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, he also asks, would a space Marine in the watch be considered a heretic or radical? If he used some type of Xenotech, nope. say a pulse rifle, if his bolter jammed or an agonizer, if his chainsword broke, I don't think so. No. Um, it's fairly common that, you know, they're willing to do whatever it takes. Like, yeah. on the tabletop, it's not as represented, but in the story, like, yeah. totally. Whatever needs to get the job yeah. done. And, and I think the key word is if his weapon's jammed. Like, I, he's not, ooh, that pulse rifle's way better than mine. Yeah, of course, because that would be a heresy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey asks, how does a space marine get chosen for the Death Watch, and can they refuse to join? Kind of mentioned it a little bit. Yeah, I would say that, um, like, if the Death Watch, does the Death Watch requisition individual Marines? They can, yeah. Like, 
people individually. Yeah, like they could specifically ask for Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Or if or if he wants to take off the other, uh, you know, you're not giving me enough Marines for the Death Watch. I am taking him, him, and him. Your yeah. three best. Okay. Because yeah. we we I actually we didn't really talk about where where that selection's coming from. Are chapters sending their best to the Death Watch? Many are because the honor. But some would also be like, <laughs> uh, look, Jerry, you didn't really pull your weight during that last confrontation with the well, Necrons. That's, the, that's yeah. the punishment that comes from yeah. it, right? Yeah. So. But yeah, okay. and like the, the Death Watch, if they're like, well, I'm going to recruit your chapter master. I think there is a limit. Yes. But, but I think at that point, it's more of like, um, I don't. I don't think it's not that they're allowed. Oh, yeah, it's just... It's one of those unspoken rules. We just do not get into that conflict. Why why would you do that? Why Why? would you cripple a chapter Yeah, exactly. So it looks like uh, the Death Watch can just, like, scout you out. Yeah, absolutely. And then request you to join. And, of course, like, you could refuse, but your chapter... I think your chapter could force you. Oh, yeah. Well... Yeah. They, they have the chain of command. Your t- sergeant tells you to jump. You say, exactly. Yes, the sir. chain of command is what they beat you with. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, think even uh, Scout Sergeant Teleon of the Ultramarines was, like, chosen, like, specifically. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's a really cool guy. Yeah. Um, Jacob asks, would really like to hear about the Black Shields and what their deal is. Also, could an Ordo Malleus requisition the watch and vice versa? So, first of all, I'm pretty sure we discussed Black Shields. Discussed or yelled? What? Either or. Uh, <laughs> can an Ordo Malleus requisition the watch? Probably. They are, it, like, the considered the highest. But why would they those, need the Death yeah, Watch when exactly. they have the Grey Knights? It's one of those things, like... It's not their... They can do anything they yeah. want, technically, but would the Death Watch actually... I, to me, I think it's more, would the Death Watch go? If it like, was an alien threat? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, but like even, even. But why wouldn't they just leave that to the Ordozinos then? Because yeah. they have way bigger well, things to you, worry about. You can have demons that infest things that are not humanity. That's true. That's true. But, so you might have like a very demon-filled Xenos race, and you and might they take, might work together. Yeah, but ultimately, like the Death Watch, if they want to say no, they can. They are. I know they're the militant branch, but they are a separate entity with their own chain of authority. They can say no, just like regular chapters can. They just don't because you don't mess with the Inquisition, but right. you can. And then that's when the I think the Ordo Astartes would come in and be like, well, why? Yes, yeah, because there is that entire branch of the Inquisition yeah. made for relations between it, Space Marines exactly. and the Inquisition. Yeah, Absolutely. But who knows? Um, that's a lot of speculation, and it changes from Inquisitor to Inquisitor and chapter to chapter. He said, what's some notable Death Watch heroes and achievements? There's so many. Honestly, oh, yeah. like... I don't really have the time to get well, into Let me tell right you now. about my Death Watch character I made. Oh, boy. I was a librarian. What was your character's name? Marcus Sikor? Who knows? I've had many Marcus Sikors in my lifetime. Okay. Uh, I got into a duel with Eric. As we are wont to do. As we are wont to do in the game. He besmirched my armor, honor. <laughs> so honor, And your armor. And my armor. So on the ship, I overcharged my psychic power so I could win this duel and finally shut Eric up, both in real life and in the game. But I ended up blo- like oh, perils of the warp. I blew a hole in the ship. And we got reprimanded. We did get sucked out, but I did wreck part of the ship. Yes. Later in the campaign, (laughs) same thing. I'm trying to show up Eric, and I (laughs) perils of the warp, and I summon a demon prince, and good times ahead. That's our most notable Death Watch character that we have. Yeah. Final, final question. What shoulder is the silver pauldron worn on while serving and after your service time? So it's worn on the left while serving, and... After, I believe it's, um, I know they can still wear their armor. I'm just trying to think. I think it's on the left still. 
and the so, chapters on the right. Yeah. So they yeah. would go back to wearing like the regular Death Watch one. Yeah. Um. Wait, what? Well, like when they're done serving, like because normally your squad would be on the left, right? And yeah. or sorry, your chapter on the left, squad yeah. on the right. So, so if they want to wear this while they're back at the Ultramarine yeah. chapter, they just swap it again. Yeah, and I I don't know if they absolutely do swap it. I think you're right; they do swap it back. So yeah, it's on the I, right. I as think the to... whole purpose is like for the machine spirit. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's their reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's a yeah. good reason. <laughs> um, Derek asks, why do Death Watch get literally all the best toys? Black Stars, Special Issue Ammo, Xenoface Blades. It's almost like they're all secretly Blood Ravens and stealing all that tech. <laughs> no, they, they need it. Yeah, they need it, and they have the power of the Inquisition backing them. Yeah. They can call upon the resources. And no other Space Marine chapter has that authority. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew asks, are there any chapters that have more members join the Death Watch than others? Also, do they have any Xenos narcs, so to speak, giving them the down low information? I, I like the second question, the second yeah. part of that the most, because it's that idea of the, the alien kind of selling out their own race. Because yeah. keep in mind, humanity is this large thing. We're terrifying in the galaxy. Yeah. Put yourself in the perspective of a Xenos. Think of, th- even think if you're a Tau or a no-name minor Xenos. You see humanity coming with its these giant gothic ships. You're like, uh, yeah, I will definitely <laughs> tell you we're all... is now. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, don't worry. Watch how people turn on society when a giant gothic spaceship <laughs> shows up. And they're like, yeah, no, the president's over there. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yes. So absolutely, absolutely they do. Uh, but I would more see that happening with Inquisitors and not Death Watch. Death Watch don't strike me as the people to have conversations with Xenos. No, and, no that's true. It, it, the Inquisition will some like let's be fair the inquisition they are still there to eliminate xenos but they will sometimes entertain a dialogue which usually involves a one way one way dialogue of i'm yelling at you yeah. and you are being tortured yeah, right the death watch are kind of that human emotion to the extreme we are here not to negotiate we are here to put holes in things right yeah. lots of big yes. bolter sized shots now having said that though they do have their kill marines that do go on missions and they might just send the one guy to destabilize a government because you why why engage an entire race when you can send one guy mm-hmm. to destabilize the government uh, yeah i find stuff like that really interesting what like like, why would you fight a political war when your military might is so much greater? Well, it's the same reason as the Great Crusade, right? Like, the, the Emperor going, I cannot fight this conflict with Mars before going out into the galaxy. It's much shorter for me to actually try to do something else. Like, yeah, you exactly. still have to have moments where you're like, do I really want to commit all of these resources? And because- spend 20 years and thousands of resources and manpower. Yeah. Like absolutely, I can see the like waste exists in the Imperium. Make no mistake, it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, we accidentally built thirty thousand chairs. Why? I don't know. We had to keep Someone the population busy. This. Yeah, send it to this moon. That moon <laughs> yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Shh. Put him in its orbit. Yeah, exactly. I didn't Make say chairs. Asteroid. I said flares. We had. To- <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, only war. <laughs> can you can you think of a chapter that has more members join the Death Watch than others? Who who would want to do their duty to the Imperium? Like Ultramarines. Like, I would assume Ultramarines. But I don't most, think it's stated. Yeah, but. mostly because they just have the biggest um, pool to draw from. Yeah. So they have, like, they at least worry about their numbers. Yeah. Right? So. And, and yeah, they're usually bound to the honor and whatever. But they love that kind I don't, of stuff. I don't think there's a set. No. Yeah. Um, Clayton asks, what is Cryptman's current status? Ooh. 
He is kind of like Schrodinger's cat, where he is simultaneously alive and dead in the lore. He has popped up in three different spots. Hmm. Yeah. I, I have no idea. After his whole Tyranid thing, like, I'm pretty sure he's declared... Well, first is he's on the run from his, the rest of his Inquisition buddies. Yeah. Uh, f- because there's a, you know, a bounty on his head. Uh, second one is that he's actually uh, trying to turn over a new leaf. Uh, Liar. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's trying to make amends by trying... Now, that said, in his way, it's like, well, the orcs and the Tyranids are fighting. Maybe if I steer this other force to come in, you know, making the problem worse. If you have a, a fire, throw gasoline on it to yeah, put it out. Exactly. Um, uh, there's also been some people speculating that he's actually on the run from Araman of the mm, Thousand Suns. Really? Um, that's popped up a few places I saw, which was very interesting because he's not one you'd typically associate. No, not with yeah. chaos. Yeah. No. Um, and then just, you know, he's could also still be like, nope. I'm going to stay put in the Octarius sector and I'm going to see this see through, this through. Yeah. the more likely of all of them. He's dead. He should be dead. Like the great rift rift has opened 200 years has passed. All these characters that we know should be dead. Except some of them live for 2000 years. I'm not saying they don't have the ability, but in a galaxy of war, 200 years is a long a very, time of the hardest fighting the Imperium has ever seen. Since like the, you should since be the dead. Great like yeah. ultimately, should be dead, but you know Games Workshop, they love a name. Yeah. You, hey, you start up, say, we're, as Games Workshop, we're going to do a global campaign, call it the Octarius Sector. Oh, yes. Holy smokes. Orcs versus Tyranids, the possibility <laughs> of new models. What does the Imperium get? The return of Inquisitor Crippen. <laughs> You're like, I get hype, get hype, yet, get hype. Yet somehow the Imperium still gets more releases than the yeah, other two. Oh, 100%. Well, it, you have to introduce the new Primaris uh, model of Primaris uh, Crippen. <laughs> Right? That's how that works. Yeah. Um, Paul Great asks, question. Great question. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. What if two chapter members have conflicting doctrines? Do they come to blows or talk it out over a pint? What? Uh, isn't that character-based? Like, if you have a... Yeah. Based on what chapters they are yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, so if you had, like, just two chapters... Or, so... Um, you have, like, an ultramarine librarian yeah. in a kill team with a black Templar. Yeah, they're going to... Probably right. wind up yeah. spouting virtue and <laughs> right. Yeah. So the reality is, like Paul, it's going to come down to the individual, yeah. obviously, because some people are just going to have more self control than others. Do I see physical fights breaking out? Not really. No. Space Marines are more disciplined than that. That's the thing. Like they're there. They're the best of the best. So not these like hotheads, hotheaded re- new recruits that are like they're there as an honorary position they're trying to accomplish their goal or a punishment, or so, a punishment. some may but actually declare a duel though I could actually course, foresee that's, that that's honor- an honorable duel yes. sure. that's what I'm Absolutely. saying I don't believe it would ever devolve to like a brawl I'm thinking you would always take it out as a duel yeah yep. that's that's my guess yeah but I don't think they're talking it out over pints because there are some things they might but who knows there's no way a black templar is ever letting go of that that one's an extreme one it is an extreme i'm picking that as an extreme as my extreme yeah so you know what you're right maybe in some scenario who knows they are willing to come to an understanding yeah you ultimately said it best it it all comes up to the character that you're talking about right like the actual personal character yeah uh isaac asks if kryptonians were a xenos race in 40k and invaded terra how would Space Marines fare against them? They, All right, so I actually thought about this question a lot because I thought it was really dumb and I hate Kryptonians and Superman's the worst superhero ever to exist. But here we go. Scenario number one. <laughs> scenario number one. Humanity has access to Kryptonite and they make Kryptonite bolters. Humanity wins. Easy. 
And that's what would happen. If we had access to Kryptonite. Which we would. We, we probably would. <laughs> if for some reason we did not have access to Kryptonite, humanity loses. Well, not to mention uh, Kryptonians are only powerful under certain suns. Yeah, but, they just so, blow up one, the sun. One would, one would assume <laughs> that, that in, in this galaxy <laughs> they would find a sun that gives them power. Yeah, but you would only be, they would only be a threat around that, close to that sun. So let's say they show, system. Up to, they show up to Terra. Yeah. And we have Kryptonian, we win. Yeah, Kryptonite. yeah, yeah. If we do not have Kryptonite, they win. Yeah. I, because Kry- the, the the dumb thing about Superman is he's fucking invincible, and it's the worst. It's no, the worst. you just take a, a cyclonic torpedo into the sun, blow up the sun, they lose their power, and... and Terra, Terra is now is, screwed? I don't no, think... Yeah. well, yeah. yeah that, you have all of eight minutes before the entire planet no, starts to freeze over? You, you get uh, Forge World Lucius to come over, open itself up, it's got an artificial sun. <laughs> but no, it, honestly... I hate Kryptonians. Yeah, I hate Superman. Bad. Yeah, I totally disagree. I know you and Christian both. I was sitting in the car but with the Christian. The character of he's Superman. Like, that's no, what no, makes no. him it's... special. Is he's not a god, and I'm like, but <laughs> no, no, he totally not, is. That's not it. It's, <laughs> it's more like Superman is a thought experiment about what would someone do if they were completely and he talked he talked about like his three favorite ones one was like um where he started curing like world hunger and cancer and he realized he couldn't like fix everything another one was how he just wanted to be a regular person and he didn't want to be a god it was just he starts going to the individuality of superman and i'm like man if an army of kryptonians showed up we don't care about the individual also the other question is uh are kryptonians they're probably not impervious to the warp so that's, Superman yeah. is notoriously immune to magic, which, yeah. Mark, I hear that the warp is all magic. He is he is quite defensive. Anyways, um, I think it depends. If we have kryptonite, we win. If we don't, you win. That's It's as simple as that. Interesting. Just because you, can't beat, you can't beat a kryptonium without kryptonite. Sure. Anyways, uh, Cetus asks, how long would a kill team of Death Watch survive being thrown? Seven. 33. <laughs> uh, how long would a kill team of Death Watch survive being thrown onto a demon world? 42. Yeah. There you go. 7 and 33. Jordan, what's your answer? Uh, 34. <laughs> He's playing the... He's talking years, though, where Colin's talking months. So <laughs> quite a I was difference. talking hours. I'm just talking units. <laughs> 42 units. Isn't that stone? Is that a... I see that system of measurement. Yeah. Cubits. Cubits? Credits. They would survive 14 cubits. They would survive 14 cubits. <laughs> Like, they would survive regular than, than regular space marines? Not as long as death. Or grey knights. Nice. Yes, like, of course. They're, because they're, they're actually not... stronger together with their diversity oh, of God. skills. Yes. Oh, God. I made this joke. I loved it. <laughs> Only when we acknowledge our differences and come together and You're not make saying sure any of the buzzwords. It, it's the You're Power not... Rangers of the 40K. <laughs> Remember when they released I like that more than I like Ranger? diversity. <laughs> and then the white ranger was the most powerful one <laughs> it's problematic so if you are going to be uh if you enjoyed this episode yes. uh, and you want more about the death watch do yourself a credit and pick up steve parker's uh death watch omnibus okay it has like the three in it yeah yeah um some incredible stuff in there uh i would just flip through it uh at the bookstore and i'm like this is super badass flip through as and you read it all and then you yeah. put it down like what's your flip? i actually speed like, read my fingers over the the book yeah. and at some point my fingers split open and mechadendrites <laughs> come out and <laughs> uh great thank you yeah guys. we did it 
I Thanks guess. Thanks for joining us again. I'll Colin. be back in five episodes. This is now yes. a multiple five <laughs> over five. Five is an important number. So start, start, think, start thinking about episode 38 mm-hmm. and all the potential. The topic will be 40K. <laughs> yes. Not history, Colin. <laughs> oh, for <man>. once. Oh. <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, it was great to have you. Uh, obviously, guys, um, check us out on Facebook. You know, shoot us an email, uh, lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter, lorehammer40k. We've got a merchandise line on Redbubble. You can see that on Facebook. We've got a um, Patreon available. You can also see that on Facebook. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, cares, we don't care. Uh, don't bother messaging us with those. Just <laughs> message us with pictures of Warhammer or cats. That's what we want to see. Mm. You, you're not able or to send uh, nudes to Mark. <laughs> sure you're not able to send in nudes. your lore uh, were you guys oh my gosh i got absolutely. a good lore this morning actually i yes. haven't read it all but graham sent me was is it the long one in the word document that he had as, as yeah, an attachment i only read it's like half good yeah i, I liked reading it, it. he yeah. was it was very uh it's very well thought out yeah exactly you've got uh what is it uh, coming up uh nano remo november the month where you write a novel oh okay. should actually really tie that into people's having their lore throughout First the of all, I don't have time to read your novel, Colin. <laughs> no, no, okay? no. I'm just saying. I barely a, had time to listen to your voice. An clip. erotic story <laughs> of the Mechanicum. <laughs> it's a tentacle monster. It's all it oh, turns into. One. Moving right along. Oh. One. <laughs> oh all right. One. Uh, but that's our episode oh, on one. the Ordo Xenos oh, and the Death Watch guys. Yep. Next episode, Ordo. Ma- Odo Herakis and the Sisters of Battle. And the Sisters of Battle. Prepare yourselves for some piousness, some righteousness. Anyways, and, and um, also you could probably just skip that episode because Christian's going to be on with us for that one. Oh so. yeah, don't bother listening. Yeah, that guy. Anyway, <laughs> bring me back. <laughs> no, no, five episodes. Should be, good. Oh, yeah. should be good. Looking forward to it. Anyways, see you later, guys. Peace now. <laughs> <laughs>